in the National Hockey League, a time to plan for the future. It's also a time of uncertainty, a time of risk. 1973, Denny Potvin donned Islander colors and enjoyed a Hall of Fame career. 1978, Bobby Smith, first to Minnesota. Smith dominates the Stars record book. 1981, Dale Howarchuk began an all-star career in Winnipeg. And in 1989, Matt Sundin became the first European to go number one to Quebec. Success, however, is elusive. Washington, Montreal, and Minnesota all suffered a selection gone bad. A look at history can provide a clue. The French factor is an impressive legacy. 1971, Montreal takes Guy Lafleur. What more can be said? Hall of Fame, five cups. 1984, Pittsburgh selects Mario Lemieux. Two championships later, he is the game's premier player. 1980, Denny Savard goes to Chicago rather than Montreal. An all-star career crowned in 1993. And in 1987, Pierre Turgeon drafted first overall. His all-star career is in full blossom. Oh, it's 1993, the next in the generation of French-Canadian stars, Alexandre Day. 137 points with Victoriaville this season. He has all the skills and the flair of a superstar. Alexandre Day, will he be number one? Is he the franchise player that the Ottawa Senators are after? We will find out soon enough. Hello and welcome to episode number 26 of Let's Remember Some Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Moncari. Joining me today in the Prince Albert Daily Herald interview room are my co-workers. Returning for a multiple engagement. I think your second time on the show, Jason Kerr. Jason, how are you doing here in this long weekend? I am shocked at what I witnessed <laughs> at this draft the other night. And I'm excited to talk about it. Also returning once again, umpteen guest yeah. appearance, Michael Alexson. Fourth, maybe? 29th. 29th. <laughs> No Dick Stockton in this broadcast. Sadly, we got <laughs> Romanek thoughts. Yeah, not for it, me. It, fair trade. All right. Now, we have played this episode prior to the NHL draft, but things got a little nutty around here of work and that kind of thing. So, we are looking at the 1993 NHL draft. Um, I basically found this on YouTube one day and said, let's do this, sucker. I have no memory of this when I was a kid when this happened. Uh, Michael does for a mystery component of this program. Someone he went to school with. Is picked in the first round. Is it Victor Kozlov? We'll find out as the first round goes on. Anders Eriksson. Who's to say? <laughs> Kenny Johnson. Yes. Now, you, do you guys remember the 93 draft or the stuff leading up to it? No. <laughs> I know somebody who was dra- taken in it, but I don't remember it. I remember the aftermath because I remember the DAG stuff. And I remember, I remember like, people going so nuts for DAG. There were stories about like uh, him showing up to the same event as, say, Jean Beliveau. And Dag getting more attention than Bellavo did. I remember that stuff. I don't remember anything about the draft. I don't remember anything about the guy the Penguins picked in the first round. <laughs> more on him later. More, yeah. more on the Penguins not remembering him either later. <laughs> so, this takes place June 26, 1993 at La Colisee in Quebec. The expansion draft is held two days prior. We'll get into that stuff later. Also, supplemental draft takes place. This show will be nine hours if we start talking about the supplemental draft. 
this is a simulcast. This is actually being aired on a Pittsburgh TV stage, which is now AT&T Sports at Pittsburgh, where the Penguins games are on. This is a TSN broadcast with Jim Van Horn, John Wells, Bob McKenzie, my boy Paul Romanek, and Gary Green. What a murderer's row, and what a hair on Bob McKenzie. The hair is incredible, just in general, <laughs> in this draft. The mustache on Van Horn. So in the intro, we have Boomer Busts, talking about guys who are high-end first-round picks, Dennis Potvin, Bobby Smith, Dale Howard, Jack, Matt Sundin. And then it's like, Minnesota, Washington, and Montreal, Ole Miss. They don't tell you about audio, but they have cards of Greg Jolly, Doug Wickenheiser, and Brian Lawton. Shout out to them trolling the Regina Pats with <laughs> two of those guys. Uh, also talking about the high-end French factor, Lafleur's, Savard, Mario, Pierre Turgeon. Dago compares to them. Yes. What is with those helmets, by the way? It's like half black and half white. I was like, what is those? I like how the shot in the intro, too, is better than his highlight reel they show after he gets picked, but we'll get to that later. Uh, also, giving a discussion Alex and I had in this office a few weeks ago, this draft brought to you by Molson Canadian Ice. Yeah. Ice beer. I popped. <laughs> well, and I caught that in the outro, too. Yes. At the end, and I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> um... So there's a group of five after Dang. Uh, Chris Pronger, a tower of power compared to Larry Robinson. We get Mem Cup footage in the suit, which I was very excited about because that is like very rare to see on YouTube. Chris Grant, impact center compared to Kirk Muller. Rob Niedermeyer, a power forward with speed to burn the 40 goal potential. Compares to Mark Messier. The footage is him clutching and grabbing against Red Deer. Dub highlights, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Paul Cree is the playmaker. He's comparable to Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> you thought comps were bad today. <laughs> it just keeps going. Paul, uh, uh, Victor Kozlov, the heading is Russian roulette. Wow. wow. <laughs> he's six foot five, so he's Mario Lemieux. <laughs> yeah. You get fired for making comparisons like that today. Yeah. Back in the good old days when all you had to do to be compared to Lemieux was be big and somewhat skilled. Not even French, though. Come on. Uh, also, Patrick Kozlov never had cancer. <laughs> wow. Jim Van Horn says Rob Niedermeyer's from the Western Playoff League. I miss that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, Bobby Mack appears with his glorious lettuce on the top of his head. Uh, Randy Saxon Center's GM says, read my lips. No new techno. I didn't say that. I got my wrong script. They're not trading Dag. The rest is pretty much a crapshoot. A very deep draft with Dag, Pronger, Gratton, Korea, Niedermeyer, and Kozlov. Wow, guess who nailed the top six again. <laughs> However, he does have a question mark next to Pronger's name because San Jose is on the floor taking options right now from Hartford and others. We'll get to some of those others in a little bit. Anaheim and Florida having a corn toss for the fourth and fifth overall pick. Paul Romanuk appears. I cheer in my home office. Randy Sex says he will draft Dag and Simon, put him in a Sens uniform. It'll be an intricate deal similar to Eric Lindros's. Oh no. <laughs> um, there's a discussion of it being $10 million over five years, $12 million over six years, marketing rights are included. I wonder why there's a rookie deal now. Hmm. Also, I've looked it up. They're not mentioned in the broadcast, but according to the ever accurate Wikipedia, the Quebec rumors. Um, in, included Ola Nolan, Peter Forsberg, Ron Hextall, and draft picks to get Dig. Ooh. Team. San Jose assistant, or uh, General Manager Lombardi is talking with Burke and Pierre Paget. Gary Green catches up with Phil Esposito. Uh, they addressed their goal scoring with Brian Bradley by getting Peter Klima in the offseason. <laughs> hmm. He also got a third in the back looking at goaltending. 
Uh, during this broadcast, there is commercials, and we get Fight Night at the LA Forum in this wild AIDS awareness video of Arsenio Hall and Magic Johnson. These are some of the the mess the messaging with these AIDS commercials is yes. so mixed. <laughs> yes, like, from one to the other, it's it's like okay, thank you for your happy boisterous video, Arsenio. And then yeah. and then the next one is just dark. Yes. One of the darkest commercials I've ever seen. Uh, uh, well, the drug ones, too. It's, drug ones the drug ones are later on are also pretty dark. And look, the best commercial at the end, but you're going to hear that audio, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, after the commercial break, we get a recap of the expansion draft of Anaheim and Florida, which took place two days flyer. Florida uh, won the coin toss for the first goaltender. Bobby Clark now visits John Van Beesburg from the Vancouver Canucks. They just made a trade prior to that. I think it was to get Doug Lidster was involved yeah. or something like that. No, it was Lidster for Be- Van Beesburg. Van Beesburg. Um, the Anaheim Mighty Ducks take Guy Ebert, who they call the cornerstone of the franchise. <laughs> Notable picks, Terry Yake for the Ducks, Terry Yake, Stephen King, Anthony Semenov, Alexei Kastanov, Sean Hill, and Ron Tugnut. They're mentioned Panthers, Scott Melamy, Tom Fitzgerald, Brian Scrudlin, future Greyhound assistant coach Joe Sorella, Alexander Gudiniak, and Mark Fitzpatrick. It's funny, we like to blast the late 80s, early 90s for terrible goaltending, but they actually got not bad goaltending. <laughs> <laughs> it's the rest yeah. of their rosters that are in trouble. Uh, Paul, I I had forgotten that the first one you mentioned from Florida was on Edmonton. I always thought thought that Mellonby, I thought of Mellonby as Philadelphia, and I'm like, oh yeah, he got traded to Edmonton. I forgot about that. Um, We also said in regards to stuff on the floor, Bob McKenzie says Detroit and Vancouver are making a pitch for a second pick held by San Jose. The Edmonton Oilers and Washington Capitals are talking about trading Dave Manson, which would involve a lot of picks. And the Leafs and Nordiques are talking about a deal that would include Felix Potvin, Joe Sackick, and Stefan Fisse. I wonder if the Leafs regret that. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> would, have excel- would Felix Potvin have saved the Nordiques? People are asking. <laughs> we get more commercials. You go on a trip to see the Pittsburgh Pirates play in Atlanta after the last two NLCSs, and this is the beginning of the Pirates' downfall. Do you hate your audience? <laughs> and also, as I told you guys, an ad for the 1993 U.S. Olympic Festival on TNT, which I thought was for the Goodwill Games the first time I saw it. I just want to make a quick comment about this Pirates-Braves commercial because they played it yeah. over and over and over. That right fielder just gets completely lost and misplays the bounce on that line drive down the first baseline. A ring It's one of the worst plays I've ever seen. And they keep showing it over and over to highlight Pirates baseball. It's almost like they knew it was coming. <laughs> Turn Ferguson, please call in. <laughs> We then get a, I'm not playing the clip, but we're getting a fireside roundtable chat with the top prospects. Dag Pronger, Niedermeyer, and Chris Gratton's generational mullet. Yeah, this is where you really get the hair. Like, you really get the 90s feel. <laughs> if the commercials haven't done it to you yet, this tells you that you're in the 90s. And that also is the opposite of what they say during the draft, in that they do not appear to be at all eloquent <laughs> in that fireside chat. It's extremely awkward and... None of them look like they want to be there, except Dag. <laughs> Dag's like, I'm getting t- taken first. I don't care. I'm getting paid. Um, I like the guys saying, this is, the league's up there in popularity now, the NBA and the NFL. Oh, boy. I got bad news after 94 Cup playoffs, boys. Um, I was telling you guys this earlier. I, that may have been filmed in the Sioux around the Man Cup. I don't know where in the Sioux. I have some theories. <laughs> but um, unfortunately, I don't know why 93 Sioux Banquet Hall structure that well. <laughs> But you mentioned it's about getting... When, when you're home on your vacation, you can drive around the city and ask... Hey, did you guys film a segment almost 30 years ago? Get out of my office. Do you recognize this carpet? Do you recognize this mullet? 
Yeah, he was, yeah. He was there last week. I think he's from Cooley River. Um, anyway, the CHL, they mentioned during the segment, one of the guys, it may have been Grattan, about the excitement of the NHL playoffs. During that time, the only thing I can think of is the CHL Wars Bank was held to suit during the Mem Cup. So I'm like, that's the only way this makes any sense that all four guys would be in the same place at once. Before they, before they went and changed into suits and yes. came back. Prong's just wearing a t-shirt and jeans. Uh, draft finally starts. Gary Bettman is getting cheered. It is it shocking. Is, it this was is, weird. The, the early 90s were a weird time. Uh, for reference, this is the first draft held since Bettman took the post on February 1st from Gil Stein, the greatest commissioner yes. in NHL history. Hey, John Ziegler. <laughs> Please. So there's four teams about a first-round pick in this draft. Buffalo for the first time since 1976. Buffalo that year traded their pick to Atlanta for Jock Richard. Then that pick went to the Capitals for Bill Clement. Mm. Um, Buffalo 38-36-10. Four for the Adams. Lost around two to Habs. Their last three first-round picks, David Cooper, Philip Boucher, and Brad May. One out of three ain't bad. <laughs> uh, the first pick will be at 38. They previously had 1981 and handed and again in 2013 on Connor Hurley. The LA Kings are up next. They haven't had a first-round pick since 1990. Well, gets a 91-89 first-round pick to the pick. Their 92 pick went to the Pens for Paul Coffey, who then dealt that pick to Philadelphia to get Mark Recchi. Uh, 39-35 with 10 year third in this life, lost the finals to the Habs. Their last three first-round picks, Daryl Sador, Martin Jelena, and Wayne McBean. Two or three. Yeah. First pick's at 42, which he had in 1991 on Guy Levesque. And this past year, Frankie Pinelli from Kitchener. The Philadelphia Flyers. Boo. Penn's fans, Jason, and I hate to not, see it. Not a real team. First time since 89, we have a first-round pick. That year, they got... Uh, they traded that pick to the Leafs for Ken Ragget. <laughs> and they also had the number 22 pick they had gotten for Brad McCrimmon uh, from Calgary. I think it was involved in that as well. 36, 37, and 11. 5th in the Patrick missed the playoffs. Their last three first-round picks. Two in 1992, Ryan Sittler and Jason Bowen. Warren Ryan Sittler later. Peter Forsberg and Mike Ricci in 91 and 90. Well, you know, we mm-hmm. make bad mistakes. Yeah. First pick's at 36. The last time I had that was 1971. We took Glenn Irwin from the Estevan Bruins. <laughs> and then past cover of 2016. The St. Louis Blues are next. They haven't had a first-round pick since 1989. <laughs> hey, at least they were able to draft. <laughs> <laughs> Let's remember an assassin here. <laughs> they had a Mike Lawler pick swap with the Habs, and the Habs pick went to Vancouver for Harold Sneppens and Rich Sutter in 1990. We'll get to the others in a little bit. Uh, they're fourth in the North at 93, 37, 36, and 11. They lost in seven games to Toronto Maple round two. Their last three first-round picks, Jason Marshall, Rod Brindamore, and Keith Osborne. First picks at 37, which they had in 1970 and 1985 for Ron Kleiman and Herb Ragland, and again 05 for Scott Jackson. All right, to the draft. The first overall pick is, shockingly, the Ottawa Senators. 10-70-4 in their inaugural season in the NHL. Shockingly, six in the Adams. Apparently, their team needs is upgrade skill at all positions. You, hmm. You would never think that a team that only won 10 games needed to upgrade skill. Uh, and they also need goal scoring. The first three picks, 92, Alexi Yashin at two overall. Chad Penny from the North Bay Tennis, number 25, went up at 93 Greyhounds. And Patrick Traverse at 50. So we go to the podium. Here's Randy Sexton. The premier choix in the repechage, The first pick in the 1993 entry draft, the Ottawa Senators welcome.
select him. No question about that. Look at Alexander Diggs numbers. A gifted offensive hockey player. If you ask me what kind of player is Alexander Diggs, we say part Pat Lafontaine. He's got great breakaway speed, a fifth gear that's going to make him one of the great fastest skaters in the league. He's got a lot of Joe Sackick in his ability to be able to see the ice and make great plays. He's a better playmaker than he is a goal scorer, but he's also got the fire in his eyes like Rocket Richard around that net. And here's the ball with Alexander Day. I know how much that you've been helped to develop on the ice, but how much has your family helped you develop off the ice? I know you're very grateful to them. I saw you up there celebrating. Yeah. Well, they help me a lot because they come to every game, every practice, so it's just fun. But maybe my mother don't come as, as awful as I can, but uh, it's a great thing, and I, I really appreciate that. Is this that much more special for you to go number one overall when the draft is being held here in Quebec City? Yeah, it's a great thing because all my family are there and all my, my relationships, so it's just a great thing, and uh, we'll say right after. Congratulations. It's a pleasure. Signs of greatness are already there in Alexander Day. Playmaking skills, breakaway speed, a very creative player. He makes his way now to the front of the Colisee to put on the sweater of the Ottawa Senators. We should point out, anytime you get a first pick in the draft, you have to try and put it in context. And the context I would do with Alexander Digg is this. He's not the next Wayne Gretzky. He's not the next Mario Lemieux. He falls right now in projection as a guy who could be the next Jeremy Roenick or Steve Eiserman or Joe Sackick or Pat Lafontaine with potential to take it up another notch. And certainly that's where he's envisioned right now as he gets the handshake and the sweater from Randy Sexton. Alexander Day, Victoria Viltigue, has 137 points in 53 games, 11 and 6 playoff games, 6 assists to the World Juniors. My God, the comps from Bob McKenzie. <laughs> Pat LaFontaine, Joe Sackick, and he's got the fire in his eyes like a rocket Richard around the net. Hmm. No. <laughs> None of those were true. Especially that last one. Like the fire in his eyes? Where did that come from? After his interview with Paul Romanuk, he's not the name, next Wayne Gretzky and not the next Mary Lemieux, but he's the next Jeremy Roenick, Steve Eisman, Joe Sackett, Pat Lafontaine. Hmm. Um, those are some horrendous clips they showed, by the way. Yeah, I don't know what the why they don't show him just scoring a goal or something. They did in the very intro, and it's just him off a face-off on both clips. It's very confusing. I mean, the guy scored so many goals, it can't be hard to find a shot of him putting the puck oh. in the net. Q-Rights, I guess. They own the Q-Rights! Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Oh, I forgot. Sportsnet didn't exist <laughs> to blow up broadcasts. I apologize. Pain. Uh, you guys have, uh, we have from the Regina Leader Post, Rob Vanstone's first-round projections uh, from that year. Obviously, now, I should note, this was printed before the trade and the coin flip Anaheim, Florida, so you'll see that for number two. Uh, his lead in the paper... Alexander Diggs is about to become a senator. No, he is not another one of Brian Mulroney's patronage appointments. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good dig. Um, so, yeah, Diggs is not Governor General Rainetition. <laughs> <laughs> so, Diggs goes at one. Um, anything of note, and it's, I guess, what it says skilled playmaker, potential franchise player, little charisma, lacks discipline at times. Hmm. What? Ringing endorsement. <laughs> Well, uh, Jason and uh, Alexa touched on some of the other stuff here as we get into their picks. Thanks uh, first year, 51 points in 84 games. And he's kind of up and down. Delta flavor, Vinny Prospel and Patty Falloon in 98. Jumps around with Tampa, New York, Pittsburgh, Penn's legend, Minnesota. Finishes as a 51-point year in 78 games, 03-04 with um, the Wilds. at 51 points in 82 games, 96-97. 327 points, 616 games. Eek. <laughs> 
I'll give him credit. That that big season, one good season he had was at the height of the dead puck era mm-hmm. when it was hard for anyone to score goals. But uh, Given the hype that's around him. Yeah. If you told people during this draft that Dag was going to max out at a, what, a 50-point season? Three, 51 points three times. People would have laughed at you. But... Well, the Sens have the top pick twice more, Brian Burrard and Chris Phillips. Well, <laughs> they're really all over the map because their first two picks are forwards. And then they go for... Braddock Bonk. Yes. And then D. Yeah. So the next pick is supposed to be San Jose. Um, who do they have taking there, Michael? Lexon, according to Rob Van. So who does San Jose taking in their mock draft? Rob Niedermeyer. Well, that's about to change. Hartford <laughs> makes a trade. Um, Sergey Makarov, who they just got from the Flames Day earlier for Futures, uh, the first, third, uh, San Jose's first, a second, and a third, one of which becomes Philip Peltman, for this pick. The Whalers, 26-52 and 6-50 in the Adams. According to Bob McKenzie, Brian Burke desperately wants a franchise defenseman. I wonder who they could be taking. You guessed it. Kenny Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's hear what Berkey has to say in his only draft with the Whalers before leaving for the NHL front office. Very pleased to announce as their first selection in the 1993 entry draft from Peterborough, Chris Pryor. taller than Chris Pronger at 6'6", 190 pounds. Big, solid, skilled, and smart. He's all of that. Young man from Dryden, Ontario. Been a tremendous season for him, getting to the Memorial Cup final, only to lose to the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, won a gold medal with Canada's World Junior Team. Was very impressive at the World Junior Championships. And what everybody likes about him, aside from the fact he's 6'6", is that he can skate like the wind. He's got great on-ice vision. Got a bit of a mean streak. He passed well. He's got a good shot. There isn't anything that Chris Pronger can't do or won't be able to do in the future in the NHL. Look up, up, and there's the second pick overall. Chris, uh, you leave a town like Dryden, Ontario, head south to go and play junior hockey. How much did leaving home at that young age help you develop as a person and as a player? Well, I think leaving home at uh, at 16 was a was a, a job that I had to that I had to take under supervision from my parents. You know, they they wanted me to go away uh, at a young age to develop as a hockey player and uh, probably mature as a person as well. And I think that uh, going to Stratford was the best move for me. And then onward to Peterborough, and I think uh, it's a smart move by myself. Congratulations. Thanks a lot. Little doubt that he is the best defenseman in the class of 1993. No question about that. And there are some people, not a lot, mind you, but there are some people who say Chris Pronger is as good or better a prospect than Alexander Digg. May not have quite the charisma or quite be as dynamic, but it's not every day that a six foot six defenseman with that much skill, that much ability, and that much determination comes along. His goal in the next few years is to get, get more strength on his frame. He started the season at 190 pounds, dropped approximately 10 over the course of the season. He's projected out at being at least 200 pounds, anywhere from 200 to 230 pounds, six foot six. That's almost unheard of in the National Hockey League. And he is so smart and so skilled on top of that. Just a great pick for the rebuilding Hartford Whalers. Wow, I'm shocked they took Chris Pronger. Pronger, by the way, 77.61 games, 40 and 21 during the playoffs for the Peets, 6 and 5 of the Mem Cup, CHL Defense of the Year, 
four and seven at the World Juniors. Fun fact, he said he was going to join his brother Sean when he was in the OHL draft, and Maracas in Bowling Green, Maracas, he fell in the sixth round of Peterborough and signed. Can mm. you believe it? Yes, I can, Gord. <laughs> uh, also, as he's walking by, I'm like, is that Gordy Howe? Gordy Howe just sitting around the draft floor. <laughs> Chirping the picks as they walk by, too, apparently. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that with Adam Denmarsh later on. Um, this was the second time uh, Hartford had the second overall pick. They picked Sylvain Turgeon in 1983. By the way, their last three first-round picks, Robert Petrovicki, Patrick Poulin, and Mark Gray, Ridley's dad. So, two dads of future picks. <laughs> yes. Shout-out to Penn's future superstar, Sam Poulin. <laughs> they were just one generation off. <laughs> uh, Broncos rookie season, two seasons in Hartford, 30 points and 14 points, lockout short campaign. Dealt to the St. Louis Blues in July 95 for Brendan Shanahan. Then goes to St. Louis, Edmonton, Anaheim, Philadelphia. 698 points, 1,167 games. 2,000 Norris and Hart Trophy winner. Cup in 2007, Hall of Fame inductee 2016. Mm. To quote Alexander Dag, no one remembers who goes number two. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> how did that work out for you? Awkward. <laughs> it's awkward. Almost as awkward as that interview they did at that uh, conference center. <laughs> Sault Ste. Marie. Well, Vanstone's mock draft is already blown up. Because <laughs> Pronger was at, two, was at three to Tampa, and Niedermeyer is at number two. Uh, so third overall pick is Tampa Bay. 23-54-7-6 in Norris. Their team needs improved offense, goal scorers, and depth on the blue line. So everything is what yes. you're telling me. Um, the first three picks, 92, the number one overall pick took Roman Hammerlick. They took Drew Bannister at number 26. Futures. Why are you all shaking your head? He won a Mem Cup and coached the Greyhounds. <laughs> at 49, Brent Gretzky. <laughs> and at 74, because I want to mention him, another Sioux Greyhound, Aaron Gaby, from a Mem Cup team. Will there be bias in my reaction to the draft? Yes. yes. Are we surprised? No. <laughs> so we go to the podium, and here's Phil Esposito. Ready for the announcement now, Phil Esposito at center stage. Not bad. Select Chris Gratton from the Kingston Frontenacs. They call Dr. Kingston Chris Gratton. Hardworking power forward with perfect pro size, 6'3, 202 pounds as he makes his way to center stage now. Well, he's another guy when you look at the projection as to how big he's going to be in the National Hockey League. He may have finished growing up, but he's certainly not finished growing out. 202 pounds. They did physical testing on him, the San Jose Sharks did. Did 211 sit-ups. All the top prospects the San Jose Sharks tested, he graded out number one in that area, but certainly you don't measure a hockey player in terms of the number of sit-ups he can do. But he's a great conditioned athlete, and he's got great determination, great character, a true leader. I guess getting drafted in the first round, Soda runs in the family. Your cousin Dan was drafted back in 1985 in the first round. You wear the same number as him in junior. What kind of an influence did he have on you? He had a big influence. I, I idled him growing up, and uh, we got a good chance to watch him in Austria every Sunday night. So, uh, yeah, he was my idol growing up, and he, and he was a good uh, role model for me. A lot of people feel you really came into your own at the World Junior Championship where you had to adopt a role as a role player. Tell me about that. Uh, I think the, the role that, that I learned there was just, uh, you know, sometimes you're not always going to be a star player and a frontline player. So I think the role there really helped me mature as a player, and uh, hopefully I can carry that into the National Hockey League someday. Well, way to go, and good luck. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Chris Gratton was the OHL Rookie of the Year in 1992. Displayed great character, 
and led Kingston to the OHL playoffs. Does play an awful lot like Kirk Muller. He's got the same work ethic, same determination, but he's, again, a lot bigger than Kirk Muller is right now. And that bodes very well for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Doesn't score a lot of pretty goals. A lot of the goals he scores from in close, jamming around the net and being very physical. Just a great character player. Over 100 points on the season, including 55 goals. The Kingston front next, Chris Gretton. Looks like he'd fit pretty well in Tampa Bay. He's got the blonde hair. He looks like he could be going to the St. Pete's <laughs> Beach there and strolling up and down the beach. Looks a bit like a beach boy. Bob McKenzie loves that beach boy comparison to uh, yeah. Chris Gratton, by the way. Yeah, I, that was kind of weird. Yes, well... I don't know why they were so focused on that. His um, generational mullet has vanished, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I guess they, they figured, like, Players have to look good to be marketed in Florida? I don't know. Um, it was the early 90s. Well, let's follow it up on the Needwire pick as well. Yes. Um, so, but it's like, oh, I don't want to give it away. <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> so Chris Grant, 109 points in 58 games for Kingston, 29-16 playoff games, 4-7 in the World Juniors for Canada. Rip elbow goalie Derek Wilkerson, by the way, on that uh, goal. <laughs> yeah. And also, everyone's excited he can do 211 setups. <laughs> yeah, and I like how they immediately... Qualify that by saying it doesn't matter how many sit-ups you can do. Shout out to Sam Ben and Casey Middlestad. <laughs> uh, Phillips Eagle calls him a Terry Crisp type of player. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, and it, Paul Romick references his cousin Dan Gratton, 10th overall pick out of Oshawa in the 85 draft. Kids, look up Dan Gratton. That's a fun story. <laughs> we discussed that in a few weeks ago. Uh, 42 points in 84 games, 27-46, 38-82, 62-82, then decides to sign up the Flyers as a free agent in 97, mm -hmm. is dealt back the following season with Mike Sillinger for Renberg and Lankow, then ends up with the Sabres in the trade, and ends up betting the Sabres' Derek Roy, ends up playing the league for about pretty much a couple decades, 568 points in 1,092 games. He had a decent career. If he'd have been like a second-round guy, people would be talking about him as mm -hmm. great value, but... For how they were hyping him in the draft, that's um, a bit of a come down. Mm -hmm. And he ended up getting like surprising value being traded ba basically for himself after a free agent <laughs> signing. And then again, I mean, the other trade you get, like, you were trading Wayne to get Derek and Derek Roy, too. So, uh, also the Coyotes, Avalanche, Pampers, Bolts again. <laughs> Bolts legend all over the place here. Tampa would have the third overall pick twice more in their history. Alexander Svitov in 2001 and John Vinjuran in 2013. Ooh. So, they, before this all started, they had the coin flip. Florida wins the coin toss, but they have an option. They can take the fourth overall pick, or they can defer to fifth and get the first overall pick in 94, which Bob Mack predicts that's what they end up doing. So the first ever pick for the Anaheim Ducks is up next. At the podium is assistant general manager Pierre Gauthier, Michael Ayers in the house. Let's see what they bring in. The first entry draft selection in the history of the Mighty Ducks is Paul Correa of the University of Maine. Right on again, Bob. The University of Maine, Paul Correa. Paul Correa's got a decision to make. Will he play for the Canadian Olympic team next year or will he automatically go into the lineup of the Mighty Ducks? He's a very mature young man. And one of the things that he does is he makes good decisions about his future. And what he wants to decide is what's best for Paul Correa's long-term career in the National Hockey League. Hobie Baker winner, the top college player in U.S. hockey. It's almost unheard of for a freshman to do that. And a very key element in Canada's World Junior Championship gold medal victory at Yavla, Sweden this year. 
your dad, Paul, was an elite athlete as well, a pretty good rugby player. I gather he didn't teach you a lot about hockey, but what did he teach you about being a very good athlete? Well, I think the main thing that he taught me was about uh, being humble and uh, respecting all, all the people around me, my players, my coaches, and uh, just taught me to be a good person. I really appreciate that from him. Now, next year, you have as many options as I have uh, cards in my hand here. Do you want to tip your cards at all? Any idea what you might do? No, I really have no idea right now, Paul. I'm going to wait until uh, I return to Maine and talk to my coach, and, uh, and then when I return to Vancouver, I'll meet with my parents. We'll make a decision then, probably in August. What's bigger, this, uh, this or the Hobie? Um, the NCAA championships and the World Juniors are the biggest. Congratulations. Thanks, Paul. Boy, this class of 93 is a very well-spoken group, is it not? They certainly are. Very classy kid. There's Michael Eiser, chairman of the Disney Corporation. Never goes anywhere without that hat. He now has Paul Correa as his number one draft pick in this entry draft of 1993. Correa, great playmaker, 75 assists in 39 games with the University of Maine. A superb skater, one of the best skaters available in this draft. Just got an awful lot of vision. He can make the no-look pass as well as anybody in hockey right now. He needs to physically mature a little bit. There's no question he's going to be a dynamic offensive hockey player. And the Ducks have a good one. And if you're looking at it from the point of view of Disney and the wholesome family image, they couldn't get a better guy than Paul Korea. And it doesn't hurt to have a guy like Stu Grimson riding shotgun picked up in the expansion draft. <laughs> yeah, I would think that that uh, might have been a, a thought. I'd like to thank TSN, by the way, for not showing Maine beating Lake State footage in the national championship. <laughs> There's only so much Lucas can take. Off the board, <laughs> off the floor, on the board, Paul Correa. 100 points in 39 games only. <laughs> First ever freshman with a Hobie Baker, 8 points in 7 games in the World Junior. Bob McKenzie. We're not saying he's the next Wayne Gretzky, but he's got that capability. John Wells. That's what they compare him to. <laughs> Could he have been Wayne Gretzky if his brain hadn't been injured? <laughs> wow. Uh, Flayton Penticton, did back-to-back MVPs with the then-named Panthers, 100 points seasons, was almost, almost ended up going to Boston and Harvard. Uh, his WHL rights were held by Victoria, and they were dealt to Tri-State in October 91. Hmm. Should have traded him to Portland. <laughs> may have been a dub player. <laughs> the following season, he stays in Maine, 24 points in 12 games. Only. <laughs> Plays for Canada's national team at the Olympics in the world, sends in the Ducks, 669 points in 606 games. Um, then ends up with Colorado, Nashville, and St. Louis. 989 points in 989 games. 2018 Hall of Fame inductee. I mean, there's not much more you really say yeah, about Korea. Right. It's a good pick. Yeah. Even, uh, even with the injuries, he's, yeah, still, he's still amazing. And when they interview him, too, are you going to be joining the Canadian national team? I'm like, wait a minute. He does. <laughs> he's one of the few players that actually is articulate. Yeah. Like they talk about these guys like they're all articulate. Most of them are extremely nervous, you can tell. He's one of the few that actually comes across as very well-spoken. Mm -hmm. uh, the Ducks would pick fourth overall again in 1995. Chad Kilgore, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And then because they picked the number 40, the two, numbers two overall pick next year, Ola Tevardoski. Mm. So that brings up the Florida Panthers, their first ever pick in franchise history. Here's Bobby Clark. Take a flint flan bomber, you coward. The Florida Panthers are proud to select as their first amateur player ever, from the Canadian Hockey League, Medicine Hat Taggers, Rob Niedemeyer. Rob Niedemeyer. Proud 
day for the Niedermeyer family and a gentleman you saw at the glasses congratulating is Dr. Niedermeyer, who also is Robbie's dad and also the man who brought Robbie into this world, delivered his own son. That doesn't often happen. What he delivered back then was a guy who was going to go on to become just a great skater, an outstanding package, physical package. He's got Mike Gartner type speed in a six foot three, 200 pound body. And like the rest of these kids today, he's probably going to put on another 10, 15 or 20 pounds before all is said and done. Super size and terrific speed in Rob Niedermeyer standing by with Paul Roman. Rob, you hurt your right knee this year. I know it was the first major injury you'd ever suffered in your career. Uh, did that really strengthen you and turn out to be a bit of a blessing in some ways? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, I was kind of on cruise control. I'd, I'd never had an injury in my career, and uh, I think when it made me realize that uh, how lucky I was not having an injury. And uh, I mean, uh, I, was, I was just lucky to have it rehabilitated, re rehabilitated and uh, it's really good now, and it's 100% ready to go. What about being a very good player on a team that underachieved the Medicine Hat Tigers? What did that do to your development? Well, that was tough. It was hard to take because we were rated so high at the beginning of the season, and uh, we really didn't uh, fill up to those expectations. But I think uh, in the playoffs, we really came around and uh, showed how good we were. Well, let the competition with your brother begin. Congratulations. Thanks a lot, Paul. Niedermeyer chosen, the younger brother of Scott Niedermeyer, uh, Devils defenseman, chosen in the first round, third overall. A while back, Rob Niedermeyer with the male model good looks. When he played for Canada's World Junior Team and they were buying mock Christmas presents for each other, they gave him a Ken doll. <laughs> Given the gears with the Beverly Hills 90120 look, he had the 90210 sideburns going earlier this year. Just a Tremendous physical package with great speed. Question is, how many goals will be able to score? He came on towards the tail end of the year. It was a very difficult year for Rob Niedermeyer in Medicine Hat. Coach was fired there, Dwayne Sutter. A lot of turmoil on and off the ice, and certainly he was affected by all that and didn't have the kind of year that he possibly could, yet he came on very strong, played a role at the World Junior Championships on a checking line, and he puts on the new colors, the Florida Panthers. be a player next year? Well, I think of all the players taken in the top six, certainly Alexander will play the one who's most physically ready right now to play that young man right there. I'm sure that Bob Clark though mentioned he may not be ready for a year and that would be a wise move too. To give the guy a little more maturity and there's nothing wrong with that but at some point in time Roger Nielsen is certainly going to have this guy in the lineup. He did not take a flip-flop bomber. Rob Niedermeyer for the Mazinat Tigers, 77 points in 52 games, two assists in seven games at the World Juniors. Um, what you want to hear announced on TV, he delivered his own son. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that. I had no, I'd never heard that story before. Also, he's got Mike Gardner type speed. From the Van Stone at pick two, though. Mm -hmm. Unreal speed, San Jose doctors repaired injured knee. Sharks need forwards. Yes, we'll get to that in a second. They because will. in the Romanek interview, they mentioned a knee injury and the Tigers underachieving. Because going into the season, the Tigers were pretty highly touted coming into the season. They just make the playoffs. The playoffs that Niedermeyer missed his knee injury. They were the seventh seed. They upset Brandon Tuzzi at four. And they pushed Swift, the eventual league champion, to six games. He's got male model good looks, by the way. Yes. 902 90120 <laughs> sideburns for Bob. <laughs> um... Joins the Panthers, 26 points in 65 games in rookie season, 266 points in 518 regular season games. Um, just Delta Calgary in June 2001 with a second round pick. Hello, fat Russian world junior goalie star Andre Medvedev, baby. 
For Valerie Burry and Jason Weinberg ends up with the Flames, Ducks, Devils, and Stars. Finished up with 469 points and 150, 1,153 games played. Won a cup, of course, with his brother Scott in, 20, in 2007. It's, again, another case where he had concussion injuries too. So yeah. I'm not sure how good it would have been, but he changed roles as well as he went along. Yeah, he was more of a shutdown guy by the end of his career. I don't think but, he but ever he, But he had career. a solid career. Like he, he... Yeah, I'd put him in the Grattan category. He has a fine career. It's just he was picked so high, the expectations were so high that you don't really think of it as a solid career. Solid career. So remember we're out the Florida Panthers now with number one overall pick in 94? Jim Van Horn. Jason Bonsignor seems like a top guy. <laughs> Which comes out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> have you told Jason? I have to look. We'll probably look after we're done this draft. We may just tweet it out. This is a reference to the show that we're doing tonight. Um, Ed Jovanovski is what I always thought was the guy. But Bob says there's three or four guys there. And Jovanovski is a pink first overall. All right. That brings us back to the San Jose Sharks at number six. You already heard about the trade that the Hartford Raiders made a little while ago. Last season, they were 11-71-2, six in the five. That would win you to the first overall pick most years, but alas. Their Welcome needs, to the expansion era. Their needs are offensive forward and offensive defenseman. Hmm. So they need goals. <laughs> uh, so... Their last two picks, or last three picks, first so third overall, Mike Grafsky and Andre Nazarov in 10th overall, 92, and Patty Falloon, number two overall, 1991. The most awkward part of this San Jose thing is how they're just talking up that defense. Like, this is such a good young defense. <laughs> I'm looking at that going, oh boy, <laughs> you guys could really use Chris Pronger. <laughs> you don't know it yet, but you don't need him. <laughs> well, let's see who they take instead. Chuck Grillo with the sweater and Dean Lombardi. San Jose Sharks are pleased to select with its first pick in the 1994 entry draft from Moscow Dynamo, Victor Kozlov. Victor Kozlov is big, strong, and fast at 6'5", 219 pounds. He has all the credentials to be another Russian rocket, as you were talking about. It was not his best year, Bob, and uh, I suppose it's uh, bounce-back time for Kozlov. Well, he says he was very fatigued, that he spent an awful lot of time and energy preparing himself to play well for Moscow Dynamo. And you have to remember, he's playing in a men's league. Russian Elite League, a very difficult league to play in, just 18 years old, and as a result, he played some good league games. Internationally, did not play well at all, and that's when most of the attention was focused on him. The Sharks obviously spent a lot of time in Moscow, seeing him in league play, are convinced that he can be have the most upside potential of this group of six, and that that kind of size and that kind of strength is going to be a force to be reckoned with. A very, very nice young man, very pleasant. Got a younger brother and a younger sister back in, Mo in, in Togliata, which is the Russian equivalent of the Motor City, almost like Detroit. It's the headquarters for the Lada Car Company. That's an interpreter being brought along with him. Viktor Kozlov, he's very savvy to the ways of North America. He's represented by the International Management Group, Mike Barnett, Paul Theofanis. He's been here before. He's got posters of Wayne Gretzky. He's got all sorts of North American-type merchandise, like Chicago Bull jerseys. Very aware of what it means to be here and in this position, but he's also very nervous and very odd by the entire process. A pair 
currently, Kozlov does have the potential to be a franchise player. And uh, when you're looking at the kind of size that he brings to the National Hockey League, there is a comparison to Mario Lemieux. He's got the potential to be a franchise player. And there's some teams out there that think he's got the potential to be a bust as well. And it's going to be either boom or bust for Victor Kozlov. He's either going to be a superstar or you really want to hear too much about him. But the jury will be out on that for at least another three to five years. Victor Kozlov from Dynamo Moscow, 11 points in 30 games, 3 and 7 of the World Juniors. Bob calls him the most enigmatic player in the draft. Tell me he's Russian without telling me he's Russian, boys. He looks like Mario Lemieux for a few shifts. <laughs> Sadly, we did not get an interview, you cowards. I was very disappointed. Yes. Well, he brought a translator, right? Didn't they say that in the broadcast? Yeah, there's a translator there with him coming up on the stage. So, uh, He had 25 points in 42 games with Moscow the following year. Then goes to the Sharks in 94-95. Two goals in 16 games. Nine points in 13 games for the Kansas City Blades of the IHL, though. Con Kevin Constantine. <laughs> oh, that's right! They mentioned Constantine's coming in. Yes. 19 points in 62 games and 41 in 78. He had seven in 96-97. Seven points in 18 games before being dealt uh, with a fifth-round pick uh, in 98. spot check To Florida on November 14, 1997 for Dave Lowry and a first-round pick which eventually becomes Vincent LeCavalier. <laughs> it is a convoluted mess how that one works out. We'll discuss that another time. Um, his best numbers really is at Florida. 70 points in 80 games in 1999 and 2000. Then plays the Devils, Islanders, and Capitals. Finishes up with 537 points in 897 games. Retires playing in his home country in 2015. Hmm. He's a guy, you don't hear about him much, but you look at the markets he played in. And it's not like, he, like Florida, California... So it's not like... Jersey it's not like, Islanders Capitals. Yeah. yeah, it's not like he was playing in big hockey markets. That's probably why he doesn't get mentioned as much. But he, he has a decent career. I mean, his best season in the dead puck era. Like, you can't complain about that. Uh, the, the, uh, the Sharks have the sixth overall pick in 2003. Milan Mahalik. Hmm. Here come the Oilers. <laughs> Seventh overall pick. 26-50-8. Fifth in the smite. Their team's priority is offensive and defensive, but they must upgrade their skill level at all positions. Hmm. Dynasty. <laughs> Their last three first-round picks in 1992, Joel Hubeck at 13th. 1991 at 12-20, Tyler Wright and Martin Ruschinski. 1997 overall, Scott Allison. Bob McKenzie calls him the great Ralph in Chernobyl. Uh, that was not me, I swear to God. <laughs> You're a 92 Mem Cup MVP, ladies and gentlemen. Glenn Sather showed up on the stage with a torn rotator cuff, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, Sather looks like he just come from a bachelor party or something. <laughs> well, Lemieux is getting married that weekend down in Montreal. So maybe, he maybe he did, for all yeah. we know. Well, let's see who they take. The Edmonton Oilers Jace, draft Jason Arnott. It might have been a difficult decision for the Edmonton Oilers if Victor Kozlov was still around. Barry Fraser, the chief scout. Of the Edmonton Oilers really liked Kozlov. Would have liked to take a chance on him if he was there, but he wasn't. So it became academic. The rest of the scouting staff of the Oilers very high on the young man from Wasega Beach, who in his first year with the Oshawa Generals broke an ankle. Might have been a blessing in disguise. He used that time off, lost half a year, to really build himself up and get some upper body strength. He played very even with Chris Gratton in a number of games this year. He's just got to learn to be more consistent and to use his strength and size to advantage, become more physically intimidating with the puck. Jason Arnott was not among the top choices a year ago, but he has added some weight, and he's with Paul Romanuk now. Jason, tell me about how this ankle helped turn your career around. I mean, how can an injury do that? Well, I broke my ankle last year, and 
I sort of took it as a positive and I came back next the, the following year and I just played outstanding and just I wanted to be here really bad. Congratulations. Thanks a lot. 98 points for the Oshawa Generals this year. He is big, strong and physical. Jason Arnott was Oshawa's first round pick in the 91 OHL draft. Solid offensive skills and could be a dominant player in the National Hockey League. He belongs to the Edmonton Oilers, chosen seventh overall here in Quebec today. One of the last cuts of the Canadian National Junior team that went to Yavlo, Sweden, or some people who think when all is said and done, there may not be that much to choose between Jason Arnett and Chris Bratton of the Kingston Frontenacs. And Bratton is maybe just a a little more developed at an earlier stage than Arnett, who's a little bit more of a late bloomer. A year ago at this time, nobody was even talking about Jason Arnett in these terms. He came on strong from the beginning of this season, scored a lot of goals for the Oshawa Generals. I would hazard a guess he'll be back with the Oshawa Generals, if not the Canadian Olympic team next year. Jason Arnett was rated sixth overall by Central Scouting, and he is chosen seventh overall by the Edmonton Oilers. Central scouting list does not include European players. So the Central scouts seem to be just about on target today, too, as well as yourself, Mr. McKenzie. Jason Arnott, Oshawa Generals, 98 points, 56 games, 18 and 13. One of the last cuts of Canada's World Junior team. According to Bobby Mack, there's not much to choose between him and Chris Gratton. Which is weird because Arnott, it sounds like, kind of came out of nowhere yeah. at the end of his... And then he ends career. up being... Probably, I'd say, the better player. Definitely. Yeah. Better career. Yeah, definitely the bigger offensive threat, for sure. Jump straight to the NHL. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Just throwing it all. 68.78 games, then 37 and 52, 59-64, 96-97, 57-67, 9 points in 12 games in their playoff run. Had 18 points in 35 games. That was dealt to the Devils on January 4th, 1998, with Brian Muir for Bill Garrett and Valerie Zelopukin. Mm-hmm. Which is a good value trade for the Oilers. I mean, future Pens legend Bill Garrett. <laughs> I was going to say, Valerie Zalapuka was not a future Pens legend. I always remembered that. <laughs> they won the cup in 2000, or he won a cup in 2000, was the game six double overtime hero, played of Dallas, the Preds, Devils again, Capitals, and to St. Louis in 2012. And who does Van Stone have taking on it? Dallas at nine. Compared to Victor Kozlov. Hmm. <laughs> he does say the Oilers also like him, though, so. Yeah. Um, he, uh, Arnett finished up his career with 938 points in 1,244 games. The Oilers, by the way, would have the seventh overall pick in 2013. Some guy named Darnell Nurse. Hmm. He's okay, I guess. Now, you heard at the outro of the last clip, John Wells is praising Bob McKenzie. McKenzie says right after that, we're about to enter treacherous waters when it comes to my predictions. <laughs> so here comes the New York Rangers. Um, 34, 39, 11, 6 into Patrick. Former TSN panelist Mike Keenan is now the new head coach. Wonder what will become of that. Um, their last three first round picks: Peter Ferraro, Alex Kovalev, Michael Stewart. One, one for three. One for three. <laughs> and another Penn's legend. <laughs> um, Sundstrom and Landon Wilson are mentioned as picks here. Team needs second line center and depth on defense. Their fourth time with the eighth overall pick, they took Joey Johnson in 1966, Andre Dupont in 1968, and Lucien Delbois in 1977. Let's remember some guys, ladies and gentlemen. Lucien Delbois, please. <laughs> Here is President and GM Neil Smith. The New York Rangers are proud and happy to welcome Nicholas Sundstrom. 
ranks among the Swedish graduating class of 1993, Nicholas Sundstrom, a solid center who will play in the National Hockey League. Pretty good size. Everybody talks about Peter Forsberg, and with good reason, Peter Forsberg, an outstanding two-way center for Moto of the Swedish Elite League. Nicholas Sundstrom also plays on Moto and plays a very similar style to Peter Forsberg. And right now, two years down the road, maybe just as good. People may be talking about him in those kinds of terms. He played on the left wing with Marcus Naslin and Peter Forsberg at the World Junior Championships in Yavla. Was tremendous there. A lot of composure, very mature, and very good, decent two-way effort the New York Rangers will be getting from Nicholas Sundstrom. Sundstrom led the European Under-18 Championships in scoring. He also had 10 goals in seven games at the 93 World Junior Championships. It's a very good pick for the New York Rangers. Chance to become a premier player in the National Hockey League. Very confident young man. Speaks English extremely well. And it likely will be a duel with Peter Forsberg for uh, the number one Swedish status in the National Hockey League over the next little while between Sundstrom and Forsberg. Forsberg's got the head start, but Sundstrom would be like to come back. Sundstrom thinks he needs at least another year, maybe two in Sweden before he joins the So Nick Sundstrom from Moto, 18 points in 39 games, 14 and 7 at the World Juniors on some decent line with Marcus Naslin and Peter Forsberg. People could soon be talking about him like he's Forsberg. Oh. <laughs> well, not Peter. Like maybe another Forsberg. <laughs> uh, he spent two more years with Moto, two really solid World Juniors. Then was on the Rangers and kind of was just, it was okay. 52 and 82 uh, in 96, 97. Uh, then 97, 98, 47 and 70. Then he, or in, um, yeah, I guess it would be 47 and 70, 43, 81, 96, or 97, 98, 98, 99, excuse me. Then, at that year's draft, he was dealt with Dan Kluche, a first-rounder in 2000, Nikita Alexiev, and a third-rounder in 2000, which becomes Igor Radulov in Chicago, to Tampa for the fourth overall pick. Welcome to town, Pavel Brendel. Hmm. Let's remember some busts. Then, in early August, he's dealt with that third in 2000, San Jose, by, Chicago, or, uh, by Tampa, for Sean Burr, Steve Gula, Bill Holder, and Andre Zuzin. Wow. Let's remember some guys with Zuzin. Um, he would play in the NHL until 2006 with the Sharks and Habs, uh, then in Sweden 2013, finished up with 349 points in 750 games, and is now one of the top European scouts with the San Jose Sharks. During his interview, Neil Smith implies they were trying to get pronger. Well, maybe you should have. <laughs> Hindsight is 2020. <laughs> Everyone was trying to get pronger, though. Well, it sounds like there were a ton of teams trying to move up. Yeah, and it's seen, and, like you look at the defensive group, like... They get picked later on, but it seems like it's pronger and then it's a drop. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any memories of Nick Sundstrom, ladies and gentlemen? Except that he's not Peter Forsberg. I mean, I have a couple of his hockey cards. <laughs> I think he was with uh, San Jose then by that point. Yeah. That's about mm. it. Let's trigger some Minnesota North Stars fans. It's time for the first ever draft pick of the Dallas Stars. They had just moved from the land of 10,000 lakes. 36, 38, 10, 5th in the North. Their team needs... Goal scoring forwards and emergence of goal scoring and forwards on the wings. Isn't that the same thing? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Apparently, that was his European scout, Matty Vincent, had a stroke at the World Juniors and then collapsed on the draft floor before the draft. They're rushing him out, but he's conscious. What? <laughs> yeah. And they say it so nonchalantly. Too. By the way, this guy just had a stroke. Yeah. Let's talk about the draft. Eh? Yeah, they like don't dwell on it at all. Um. Do they want a goalie since Bobby Mack? They have a goalie in Andy Moog, but they take Jocelyn Tebow, or they take the 
Bobby Clark like Todd Harvey? Hmm. Well, let's find out. Here's GM and head coach Bob Gainey. We're very proud and happy to make as our first selection from the Canadian Hockey League, the Detroit Junior Red Wings, Todd Harvey. like Chris Bronger and Chris Gratton, and the general manager of the Detroit Junior Red Wings, Jimmy Rutherford, would have it no other way right now if he was doing it all over again. He says, this guy brings things to the rink that you can't measure in goals, assists, points, penalty minutes, plus, minus, any kind of statistics. It's a very emotional day for Mrs. Harvey. Todd played Junior B as a 14-year-old. He's a very physical, aggressive guy who goes to the net very hard. Some question marks a little bit about his skating, but the character and the desire they say overcomes any of that. Well, when your name was called, I had to take a quick look around. I thought maybe one of the Beatles had been drafted with all the cheering and chanting that was going on. Tell me about the hometown support. Oh, it's great. It's unbelievable. The whole family, the whole town, uh, you know, they've always been behind me, and uh, it's really nice to see them here today. Now, how, lar how large is the town you're from, Sheffield, Ontario? Well, I don't think it's very big. Maybe 200 people, I'm not sure. So what, half the town's here? Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Thanks a lot. Todd Harvey from the Detroit Junior Red Wings, a born leader, according to many, with strength, size, and aggressiveness. He's a solid face-off center, and some compare him to a Bobby Clark-style player. Well, he's a win-at-all-cost guy. He's very good on face-offs. And when Pat Peak of the Detroit Junior Red Wings went down with a shoulder injury and then a broken ankle, Todd Harvey really came to the fore, and he became one of four 50-goal scorers on the Detroit Junior Red Wings. And he's got an awful lot of personality. He's got a lot of charisma. He's got those kind of eyes that just light up a room when he walks in. It's an awful lot of fun to be around. There's a, there's a lot to go over here. I'm very excited. <laughs> Todd Harvey of the Detroit Junior Red Wings, 100 points, 55 games, 21 and 15 games. Was basically the fourth best forward on the Wings behind a junior production line, Kevin Brown, Pat Peak, Bob Rent, ladies and gentlemen. Grandpa Jim gets reference. First overall pick in 91 says he'd do it again. And then Alexa reminds me that Pat Peak had a shoulder injury and broke his ankle in the playoffs. <laughs> I shouldn't be crying because he may have beat the Greyhounds in the semis that year. But... It was Pat Peak. <laughs> yes. He returned to Junior Wings for 93-94, 85 points in 49 games, 22-17, and 17, 7 points in the World Juniors. That was with the Wings team that lost in the league finals in North Bay Centennials. Starts the year in Detroit in, in the lockout short 94-95 season. Only has 22 points in 11 games. What is this two points a game production going on? Six and seven of the World Juniors. Goes to Dallas, 20 points in 40 games. That is 29-69 games. Not really nice. 31-71, 19-59. Dealt to the Rangers in March 98 with Bob Erie and a fourth, which becomes Boyd Kane, for Mike Keane, Brian Scrudlin, and a six-round pick, Pavel Patera. Hmm. Uh, plays with the Rangers, San Jose, and Edmonton for 2006 before he retires. Only 223 points, 671 games, and is now one of the top scouts for the Vancouver Canucks. And guess who? Who He was a future member of that Baron... Stonehead had taking Todd Harvey. You guessed it, the New York Rangers. Mike Keenan would love this guy, says Todd Harvey. Mm. Or says uh, Rob Vanstone. Rob Vanstone also compares him to Clark, so it must have been a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean... He had, he had all of his teeth. Please. <laughs> 
Harvey's one of those guys that was super highly touted again from that year. And again, the junior Red Wings teams are a big part of my growing up with the OHL. But it sounds like reading every act Wikipedia, just injuries kind of curtailed him too. Yeah, and he's another guy that got moved into another, a different type of role as his career went on. Like, I don't ever remember him being a big guy that any team relied on to score goals. He was always supposed to be like a gritty, you know, a gritty, a grinded out type of guy who could contribute offensively if you needed it. But I don't remember him being a big no. sniper ever. That's but I remember him being like a strong role player. Yeah. Also, the sisters are thrilled that Todd Harvey is leaving the house. Right. Bob McKenzie, what a great endorsement. Har- Harvey getting trolled by his own family is probably the, the high point of this. And then sure. it gets called back later, too. <laughs> the crowd is excited. Uh, the Quebec Nordiques are coming up, but we, first we get a commercial for Crystal Clear Pepsi with Van Halen's right now. <laughs> that also appears later. So the Nordiques, 47, 27, and 10 second in the Amps, lost in the first round of the Habs. Why do they have this pick? It's Eric Lindros time, ladies and gentlemen. So Lindros traded June 3rd, 1992 for Ron Hextall, Peter Forsberg, Steve Duchesne, Kerry Huffman, Mike Ricci, this pick, and futures. More on that shortly. During the 92 draft, this trade happens on the first 92 and at the same of 15 million. At the same time, the Raiders have traded Tony Amante, Alex Kovalev, John Van Beesbrook, Doug Wake, first in 93, 94, 96, and 12 million dollars. Mm. So both teams are claiming to have Eric Lindros. By the way, Beezer, if he'd been declared an unrestricted free agent, James Patrick would have been added to that deal, I found out. Oh. So 11 days later, the arbitrator says, who, by the way, is the uncle of Todd Bertuzzi, who we hear about later in this draft, the Flyers done it first. The Flyers had used the seventh pick on Ryan Sittler, but Quebec has no interest in Ryan Sittler. Mm. Smart move. So adds a trade where Chris Simon and the Flyers first in 94. That pick is dealt to the Leafs in the Wendell Clark deal, then to the Capitals for Mike Ridley and used to draft Nolan Baumgartner. What a long trip to get to a future assistant coach. <laughs> um, so the last three years, Todd Warner, four overall 92, then three first overall picks. Lindros, Olin Nolan, Matt Sundin. That's a good list of first round picks. So they've never had a 10 overall pick before. The crowd is chanting for somebody to get picked. Let's see if GM Pierre Paget will deliver. The Quebec Nordiques are very proud to select the Faucon de Sherbrooke, Jocelyn Thibault. like that I mean how do you feel uh, it's incredible uh, I've never thought it would be like this before it's an incredible feeling 
Tell me about uh, Guy Chouinard, your coach, and his role in your development. I know you're very high on him. Yeah, he was a very good coach, a very good coach, and I learned a lot from him. And uh, I own him, I owe him uh, a lot of uh, things. You know. Looking forward to making the national junior team next year. I'd like to. I think it would be a goal for me, but right now I'm just thinking to make the Quebec Nordiques next year. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Jocelyn Thibault selected 10th overall by the Quebec Nordique. He is a goaltender in the Felix Potvin style. Great reviews for his work last year in Sherbrooke. He did a very good job with his English as well. Jocelyn Thibault, Alexander Digg both have the same age in Pierre Lacroix, Montreal. And they've been very busy in the last little while taking English lessons and also going to a very well-respected broadcast school. No shortage of tears in the Tebow household today. Jocelyn Thibault, a Quebec League MVP this year. Top goalie in the entire country, ranked number one among goaltenders at Central Scouting. Loves the pressure and the challenge. And like Bob Van Thibault is a butterfly-style goaltender. Beat out Dagla for the league MVP. I did. Boo! I wanted a riot. Jocelyn Thibault, 34-14-5 with the Sherbrooke Falcon, 299 goals against average, 899 save percentage with three shutouts. Kids, that's actually really good in the 90s. And the cube. <laughs> 96 in the playoffs, 387 goals against average, 862 save percentage for a team of wins league final loss to Laval. CHL goalie of the year and QMVP should have been Martin LaPointe, but that's another story for another day. He is in the Felix Potvin style. Hmm. <laughs> Felix Potvin's getting mentioned a lot in yeah, this broadcast. Well, this is this is right after the Leafs. Oh, run, right. So everyone's in love with Potvin at this time. How will Potvin affect Leafs? Yeah. I remember getting told in goalie school, they actually started telling us, don't act like Potvin, because his style was becoming so popular, because everyone loved it. And, uh, yeah, goaltending coaches who were still trying to teach the stand-up style <laughs> were telling us, do not do what Potvin does. What were their thoughts on Patty Roy? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So Tebow makes Quebec. 8-13-3, Then it was a 12-2 record the following year, Lock of Jordan campaign, 234-917. He starts next year of Colorado, 3-4-2, 3-0-1 goals against average, 875 trade percentage. Involved in this really minor trade of Andre Kovalenko, Martin Ryshinsky from Mike Keane and Patrick Waugh. Hmm. I've heard of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't but, Mike Keane traded earlier in another trade <laughs> that you were talking about, too? Uh... Finished off his career with Montreal, Chicago, the Penguins, and Sabres. Retired in 2008. 200, 238 wins, 238 losses, 75 ties, or overtime losses, yes. jail losses, whatever. 275 goals against average, 904 Sabres centers, 39 shutouts, and is now a part owner of Sherbrooke Phoenix. Hmm. He made a few all-star teams, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Another Pens legend, too. <laughs> but by far the most heartbreaking part of this 
broadcast is hearing them say Tebow's name is going to be chanted at the La Colise for years to come. And that hits you right in the feels. <laughs> Stuff might happen in the future. Yeah. Pain. Pain is about to occur. Yeah. But uh, he had a good career. Yeah. like He was solid. Yeah. I mean... If you needed a goalie and he was on the market, you'd pick him up. Yeah, he wasn't a, a superstar, any means. Like, I don't think he was ever... He wasn't on Canada's 96 World Cup team, wasn't on their 98 Olympic team or anything, but he was fine. He was a good goalie. What do you want to Spangler Cup? That's what people are wondering. <laughs> well, he's no Zach Pacali. No amongst us is. This is another pick, by the way, an advanced zone nail, which I make mean, makes sense. Quebec goalie. Yeah. Um, well, and, and he notes that they need a goalie because they traded Ron Hextall <laughs> to the Islanders of all people. That trade's coming up in a bit. Yes. Um, so, number 11, Washington from St. Louis, the trade. Ask compensation for the Blues signing Scott Stevens. <laughs> they get a first to 91, a first to 92, 93, 94. That ends up in a Ridley trade with the Leafs, who end up taking Eric Fischoff. And 95, Mika Elmo. Uh, that trade done in 1990. Last season, the Capitals were 43, 34, and 7 second. And Patrick lost six games in round one to the uh, New York Islanders. Dale Hunter took the loss very well. I'm just <laughs> going to say this. Right off the top, they play a highlight of Pierre Turgeon scoring. And they stop it right before Hunter crushes it. I don't know if you noticed that. When they're talking, I didn't notice that. When they're talking about all the great number one overall Oh, I didn't know it was that goal. Yeah, that's the goal where he gets smoked by Hunter. But they stop it right before it happens. I can't believe There he is. Yeah, okay. they show him celebrating. You can see Hunter start to come for him. And then they, they cut So they basically treat it like the end of The Sopranos. Let's go black. <laughs> Uh, the team needs scoring forwards and goaltenders. They're looking at trading their picks to get Dave Manson. Hmm. That didn't happen. Uh, first time I ever whipped this pick. Um, 92 took Sergey Garnshaw at 14. He had a 14 overall pick in 1991, taking my boy Pat Peak. And I want to clarify this. Did they call Garnshaw a forward in this broadcast? I have to go back and play. I'd, have to, I'd have to read. I listen. thought they did, and I was, but I was only kind of partially paying attention to that. See, we, you have to admit that. <laughs> listen, Pat Peake was taking 14 overall for a moment of silence. <laughs> Trevor Halverson was taking 21, and John Saney, the ninth overall pick. There are some 90s junior gods being taken here. So let's see who General Manager David Poli is going to take. Poyle. Him too. Maybe he changed his name after he went to Nashville. David Polak. <laughs> Here's some guy named Dave. The Washington Capitals are very pleased to draft from Seattle, Brendan Witt. The Seattle, Brendan Witt. Brendan Witt, a tough, hard-nosed defenseman, solid on the blue line, has potential to be a long-serving blue liner in the National Hockey League. John, a lot of people are going to look at this and say, what are the Washington Capitals doing? They've got Kevin Hatcher, they've got Ali Afredi, they've got Kelly Johansson, they've got Sylvain Cote. They've got one of the best blue lines in the National Hockey League. What the heck are they taking defensemen for? They feel what they lack is a tough defenseman. That's why they're interested in Dave Manson. That's why they're interested in Brendan Witt. A lot of people in the National Hockey League think Brendan Witt may never get more than 20 points in a season for any NHL team like the Caps, but he is a very tough customer. He likes to clear the front of the net. He bangs bodies with the best of them, and he's with our Paul Romanuk. Hey, you 
love to hit, you love to hammer. I've seen you play, play that aggressive game. Tell me about now having to do it against 25-year-olds as opposed to guys who are 17 and 18. Does that intimidate you? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I'll just go do my job, you know, like I've always been, just go out hitting and see what I can do. What's the biggest thing you want to improve upon to make yourself a better pro? Uh, my agility sideways, you know, and reading the play. I think that needs work on to help me go in my future. You look pretty cool. Congratulations. <laughs> Great. Thank you very much. 11th overall, Brendan Witt from the Seattle T-Birds. And a happy mother looking on as he heads to the Washington Capitals. Defense and Brendan Witt from Seattle, 28.70 games, three points in five games, and more importantly, ladies and gentlemen, part of the class of 1993 in Humboldt, Saskatchewan, even though he was actually gone playing. For those of you who had Brendan Witt in the Alexum, went to high school with him. Oh, pool. Yes, I know you started the pool before this broadcast and everything. So hope you didn't pick Victor Coslaw like yes. I did. <laughs> Arnott. <laughs> so, so, so did Witt show up for the graduation? Yeah. Oh, that was good of him. Because he, he, he was pretty like well-connected because he was always around in the summer and stuff, too. Okay. So was this there is a man that I've seen at bush parties. <laughs> Culture. Was, was there a ton of hype around Witt coming up through Humboldt? Like, like saying like, that he could be a really good guy in the future? Or was it kind of like a surprise he ended up being a first-rounder? It was a, more of a surprise that he ended up being a first-rounder. Like, we, you knew he was talented because he was always like the top player through junior and stuff like through all the different levels through of all hockey. the different levels of hockey yeah and he's and he was always like a big cat too so you knew he had size but it was like i didn't know he was that good yeah i think wit really benefits from the fact and they talk about this at the broadcast that everyone's trying to draft big players like, that's what they say over and over. This is a big guy. This is a big guy. And I think if, if um, even if, if he was a smaller offensive-minded defenseman, he probably doesn't get picked this high, honestly. And if you listen to what they're talk they talk about the team needs. They didn't need defense. Yes, Bob well, McKenzie goes, people look at this pick and say, go away, today. They didn't say that part. <laughs> what are the Capitals doing? <laughs> Probably because they took Gonchart a year before, yeah. too, right? And well, they already have a pretty solid yeah. defense. And it just basically re-solidified the defense and so you could lose somebody. Or... Yeah. He may never get more than 20 points, but he's very tough. Hmm. Well, they, they pretty much nailed that. I mean, what's his, what did he top out at? Probably around 20. Close to it a couple of years. But uh, the following year in Seattle, 39 points, 56 games, 11-9, playing the World Junior Team, was WHL Defense of the Year. Doesn't play anywhere in 94-95. Signs of Washington just before the 95 draft. Otherwise, he would have gone back in the draft pool. Yes. Because he was hanging out in Humboldt. <laughs> I remember that. I actually thought of that when you did the sign thing. I'm like, wait a minute. Wasn't he around that summer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or that year. Like, sure, I could play for the Broncos as an overager. What the hell? <laughs> uh, Capitals had, from 95 to 06, was dealt to the Preds for... Chris Beach in March of 06 in a first-round pick, which became Sergei Varlamov. Chris Beach. Hmm. <laughs> Where have we heard that name before? <laughs> <laughs> Islanders until 2010, then finished off his career of 121 points, 890 games. The Capitals would have the 11th overall pick in 2012. Some guy named Philip Forsberg. Let's nervous some trades from Martin Erat. Hmm. Here come the leaves. <laughs> So the 12th overall pick from Buffalo, they had gotten this pick along with Dave Anderchuk and Darren Poopa on February 2nd for Grant Fuhrer and a 5th round pick in 95 to become Kevin Pop. 
more continued speculation on Felix Potman being traded. And this that Potman trade doesn't happen until like years, years later. Yeah. Uh, Bob McKenzie thinks it's going to be a defensive pick, either Kenny Onsen or Nick Stajahar. Mm. Mm. They want youth on the blue line. Drake Berhowski, uh, hoping he's going to be healthy. Take that back. He was a fine North Face Centennial. <laughs> Definitely defensive is needed, partly because of the ill-fated Tom Kerber's trade. I, I really appreciate them just sticking it to the Leafs for that trade <laughs> on this broadcast. Two years already. They just I, they just flat out say, like, if you drafted Scott Niedermeyer, you wouldn't have this problem. Like, I, I really respect that. 44-29-11, 30 Norris, made it to the semifinals for losing to Kings in seven games. They had two first-round picks in, 80, in 92, Brandon Convery and Grant Marshall. No picks in 90 run in the first round. Hello, Scott Niedermeyer. Drake Berhowski in 1990. 1989, three picks, 3, 12, and 21. Let's take three Belleville Bulls. Scott Thornton, Rob Pearson, and Steve Bancroft. You already mentioned Pearson. They've also had the 12th overall pick in 1963, Neil Claremont and Trevor Johansson in 1977. To the stage and Pierre Dorian. Not that one. The Toronto Maple Leafs are very proud and very honored to select as their number one player. L'organisation des Maple Leafs de Toronto est très fière et très heureuse d'annoncer comme leur premier choix from Road Sweden, Kenny Janssen. from Sweden, rated as the second best defenseman available to Chris Pronger in this draft. Perhaps a Borja Salming type defensive player? He certainly had those comparisons, although they're so young at this time, it's, it's difficult to put a name on them, but I guess if you're going to, there's certainly some hint of Borja Salming type qualities in this young man. Played very well at the World Junior Championship. Probably played as well as Chris Pronger did. Big, rangy defenseman. Plays it very well both ways, going up the ice and coming back down the other side. Jansen was a first-team All-Star at the 93 World Juniors, ahead of Chris Pronger. And he is taken 12th overall by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the Maple Leafs would know him intimately because Anders Hedberg is such a crucial part the Maple Leaf management team. Anders Hedberg, of course, the great Swedish player who played the National Hockey League, now the European scout. Man responsible very much for getting Nikolai Borshevsky in the lineup last year and no doubt had a big influence on Cliff Fletcher as the Janssens have made their way from Stockholm. Camcorders and cameras in hand. Watch their son put on a Toronto Maple Leaf jersey. And hey, the Borea Salming comparison, hey, if it fits. I'll tell you what, Borea Salming looked awfully good in a Toronto Maple Leaf jersey for an awful lot of years. And the Leafs, of course, believe that Kenny Janssen will too. Well, they didn't take a defense, but they didn't take the Stajahar. Good job. Kenny Johnson, 13 points, 39 games for Rogel, and 5 points at the World Juniors. John Wells, perhaps a Bioria Salming. Yeah. Bioria Salming. Oh, man. The, hold on a minute. Bob McKenzie. It's difficult to put a name on them. Dude! You just called Gretzky to Korea. Yeah. I, this is what Bob, Bob McKenzie suddenly regrets his comps. <laughs> with the Kenny Johnson bit. Play it. It's like he was really excited to play that game, and then about halfway through, he realized that oh, he made a terrible mistake. I, I may have screwed up. Uh, they mentioned Anders Hedberg is one of their key guys in the scouting department. Keen on getting Nikolai Borshevsky in the lineup last year. Remember some guys. Um, well, he was really highly thought about because he didn't score a big overtime goal for them. I think against Detroit. Game Game Seven against yeah. uh, Wings. So they everyone was uh, was uh, all about Borshevsky for a minute there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, played uh, in Sweden again, 17 points in 36 games in 1994. Then was on the World Junior Team and the Olympic teams for Sweden that year. Uh, then joined up in the Leafs, 9.39 games, a lot of shortened campaign. 26 and 50 his second season. Dealt to the Islanders, where he had 4.16 games that year with Sean Haggerty, Darby Hendrickson, and a first in 1997, Roberto Luongo, for Wendell Clark, Matthew Schneider, and DJ Smith. More coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Played the Islanders in 2004, finished up his career with 267 points in 686 games. Bill Waters was interviewed, and he was almost positive that he was going to go to, that Johnson was going to go to Washington. Johnson was a decent defenseman. But he always seemed like a little hesitant to play the physical game, mm-hmm. which when you got a guy who's that big, I mean that's your best asset, right? Mm-hmm. And he just never seemed to. He he was like a, a six foot three player in the body of a, or like a a five foot eleven player in the body of a six four guy. Six four guy. Like he wanted to play like Paul Coffey. Like he wanted to rush the puck and move the puck, and stuff like that. And. I think it was frustrating. I remember watching him thinking, just hit someone. Like, just hit people. You're the biggest guy on the ice. Like, you throw your weight around. You sound like Don Jerry over there. <laughs> well, he's... No, he's no. Chicken Swedes! It's just... You it's know what most, I mean? When you're 6'3", yeah, you should be able most, to hit a guy. It's the most effective way to separate... And the 90s. The yeah. yeah, like, just just knock the guy over. Like, you got a guy who's 5'11", running around. Like, just knock him into the boards. Like, it's not rocket science here. But uh, he just no, and I'm agreeing with you. It's just like wow, he does sound like Don Cherry. <laughs> New kids out there. <laughs> Third team overall pick, New Jersey Devils. Last season, 40-37-7, fourth into Patrick, lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins in five games. They've done okay in the last three drafts. 18th overall, Jason Smith. Three and eleven picks in 1991, Niedermeyer and Brian Rolston. 20th overall pick in 1990, Martin Brodeur. Hmm. I'll just say Jason Smith. I think is my all-time favorite non-Penguin. If I could pick any player in this prime to play on the Penguins just for a season, Jason Smith. Mine's Pavel Burry. <laughs> <laughs> what a contrast. Not a bad second. Mm, Burry, well, Burry and Kovalev would be <laughs> extremely hilarious. Like, it would be... Alex over here is a Hawks slash yeah. Jets fan, so I don't know who is he. I don't know. I can't even think it's... Bill McDougal from the 87 Humboldt Broncos. <laughs> 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 Mike Sillinger. <laughs> um, this is the only time Devils have ever had the 13th overall pick. Uh, Bobby Mack tells you to pick in the lead of the biggest needs at the center. Dennis Peterson, Nick Stadger, Jesper Madsen, all mentioned. Here's a not so grandpa looking Lou Lamorello making the pick. A young Lou at the podium. The New Jersey Devils are proud to select from the Prince Albert Raiders, Dennis Peterson. Dennis Peterson displaying fine leadership abilities on a last place team in Prince Albert last year. He's a character player who has a solid shot at making it in the National Hockey League. And again, that Kurt Muller comparison comes up when discussing Dennis Peterson. Well, it was a very tough year for the Prince Albert Raiders, and it was a very young team. And Dennis Peterson was one of the leaders on that. And he's right now projected as a potential captain for the Prince Albert Raiders. When you talk to the scouts, there was a segment of the population in the NHL scouting fraternity that thought maybe this guy was going to slide very late into the first round. The reason being, he doesn't do one thing extremely well. He does just about everything pretty well good all-around player and certainly the New Jersey Devils they need help up the middle it's the most critical flaw on their team and they've tried to address it here today by the picking of Dennis Peterson from the Prince Albert Raiders. 
Anderson taking in 13th overall. Number seven by NHL Central Scouting, but that was in North America, didn't factor in the Europeans or the goaltender. So going about where a lot of people thought he might go. Fine character and quality individual, and that'll be a common refrain today, but it seems to be the book on a lot of the top prospects this year, and that's one of the reasons why this is considered one of the strongest drafts since the ultimate entry draft, 1979. Marshall Johnson, the right of your screen, general manager Lou Lamorello, without a coach. No coach yeah, for the they Jersey Devils. Are looking don't for a coach. Me, don't ask me who it is. <laughs> Lots yeah, of different I suppose there would be a few gentlemen in this room today who would like to apply for that position to replace Herb Brooks as the head coach of the New Jersey Devils, but... Uh, I'm not saying you went out of the television business again, are you? <laughs> I don't think I'd, I'd need that job particularly. <laughs> Hey, Prince Albert content. It's local forward Dennis Peterson from the Raiders. 73 points, 72 games. Um, a solid shot at making the NHL. Uh, another Kirk Muller type guy. The Raiders are very tough here to miss the playoffs. So you get some Communiplex footage against Portland. Yeah, they just trashed the Raiders in this, in this pre <laughs> The Raiders game. suck this year. <laughs> yeah. Also, the Devils need a coach. Hope they don't find anyone that's really boring and has a trap system in place. Hmm. I'm sure that will never happen. And they do show a shot of LaMera later. <laughs> yes. Um, also, Peterson, the last local kid to be taken in the first round until some kid named Braden Schneider on uh, the 2020 draft. Uh, Peterson, 98-71, and 68-63 the following two seasons. In 94-95, 25 points, 15 games for a Raiders team that lost to the Wheaties in the semis. Had they won, would have gone to Mem Cup because Candles was in the final. Uh, 4.7 against the World Juniors. A couple years in the AHL then, was 32 points his rookie season uh, in 96-97. Uh, 28-23 points, then was dealt to the Canucks uh, with Brendan Morrison for Alexander McGillney. Hmm. Win-win, really, in all assets. <laughs> uh, with the Canucks, the Oats and Predators of 2004 that had a successful career in Germany. Peterson finished off his career with 128 points in 435 NHL games. A guy before my time, but yeah. seemed like I mean, I mean, obviously, Prince Albert guy plays for a hometown team, almost gets him to a Mem Cup. So, he had a good junior career. Yeah, um, and he became an asset that became Alexander McGillney and hero in Germany yes. for a decade. It's not a bad pick. No, no. and it's a. I'll put it this way: it's a New Jersey type pick. Yeah, a New Jersey under Grandpa Lou mm -hmm. type pick. Yeah. Like, the only memories I have of Peterson are with Vancouver. Yeah. That's all I remember. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't have any memories of watching him play with New Jersey. Um, Vancouver is a decent player, but I don't think the Canucks were very good when he was on the roster. Uh, from Vanso, you, you nailed this pick as well, by the way. Devils need skilled pivot, smart, abrasive, well-rounded player, hails from Prince Albert. Plays for the Raiders. Yeah, they mentioned on the broadcast that he doesn't excel at anything, but he does everything well, which is... I actually think an accurate, like, mm. I think that's an accurate way to, to sum up his career. He was good at everything, but didn't excel at anything. Uh, 14th overall pick is Quebec from the Islanders. They got this in a trade that Alexa mentioned earlier. Ron Hexel, a 23rd overall pick to the Islanders on June 20th for Mark Fitzpatrick and this pick. The Yordiques would have liked Brendan with the fans log Eric Lecomte more on him later. Bob McKenzie's spies have given him the picks again, apparently, he says on the broadcast. Pierre Paget is back on the podium. Let's see what they do. 
Rosetta a peu de fois. Les Winterhawks de Portland, Adam Denmarsh. Say now some light applause. Adam Denmarsh played for Team USA at the World Junior Championships, but he's from Fruitvale, British Columbia. Young man with dual citizenship had an opportunity to play on the U.S. team. A very hard-nosed, grinding winger who was very instrumental in the Portland Winterhawks. Strong play in the playoffs. They got to a seventh game against the Swift Current Broncos before losing out, missing a trip to the Memorial Cup. Adam Deadmarsh, a lot of character, not a lot of scoring ability. The Nordiques have plenty of that already, so this is what they're aiming for. The guy was ranked number 19 by NHL Central Scouting on the final list, probably getting drafted here a little higher than most people in the National Hockey League industry thought he might go. Adam, playing in the Western Hockey League with Portland, what do you think a WHL player brings to the table that maybe guys in the Ontario League and the Quebec League don't? What's it noted for? Well, I don't know. I think uh, I, I just try and play a physical game. Uh, I'm sure they do in the other leagues, but, uh, you know, basically I just try and concentrate on, on that in my games, maybe more than other people. So, uh, you know, I just try to work hard every night. And talk about the World Junior Hockey Championship and its role in your development. Well, it was a lot of fun over there in Sweden. Uh, you know, it was a good experience playing for the U.S. team over there, and, uh, you know, I had a lot of fun doing it. Did you find something in your game there that maybe you didn't know was there before under that type of competition? Well, I, I found out that I need to increase my speed a bit, that's for sure, because, uh, you know, there's so fa it's such fast tempo over there, and, uh, you know, that's something I'm going to have to work on a bit. All right, I'll let you increase your speed and get to the front thing. Congratulations. Get that shirt on, Adam Deadmarsh, a hard-working and dedicated center or right winger with pro-style possibilities. Some suggest he could be a professional forward who can score 20 goals in a year, but uh, he'll be noted for other things, I'm sure. Well, he alluded to the difficulties he had at the World Junior Championship with the speed and the pace. That's not uncommon for young men of this age, and they haven't played in the international arena before. That's not his style of game. The international game does not suit the way Adam Deadmarsh plays. Adam Deadmarsh is a pro-style hockey player. Very tough guy. Fans right now probably a little taken aback that the Nordiques maybe didn't jump in on a guy like Eric LeCompte of the Hall Olympics. But I'm sure when Adam Deadmarsh gets into the Quebec Nordique lineup and goes out there and knocks a few Montreal Canadiens on their butt, he'll quickly become a fan favorite. He's that kind of hockey player, a real agitator, a physical presence. Deadmarsh had 33 goals and 36 assists for the Portland Winterhawks this past season. He is the second player chosen by the Quebec Nordique in the opening round of this 93 entry draft. Taking 14th overall. It's Adam Denmark, the Portland Winterhawks. 69 points, 57 games, 15 and 16 games in the playoffs. No points in the World Juniors in seven games. Dual citizen, by the way, and a higher pick than was projected, says Mr. Robert McKenzie. 99 points, 65 games, 17 and 10 for Winterhawks the next season. Then has 48 and 29 for Portland, 10 and 7 at the World Juniors. Then goes to Nordiques where he has 17 and 48, 1 and 6 in the 94-95 season. Uh, with the Avalanche until 01, dealt that February with Aaron Miller, Jared Allen, and a first-round pick, David Steckel, for Rob Blake and Steven Reinprecht. Uh, with the Kings of 2004, retired due to concussions, 373 points, 567 regular season games, 66 points, 105 playoff games, and later became a citizen with the Avalanche and the Spokane Chiefs. I gotta say, that's a damn good 14th yeah. overall pick. And, like, appears to be a reach, but isn't. Yeah, yeah. because I don't think he's even on the Vanstone. No, he's not. 
And again, I don't have the hockey news guide. I don't have the central scouting guide. Yeah, but. Th- this is our only thing that we have. No, and if cur- concussions don't derail him, like he probably has a couple more good seasons. Yeah, in Los because Angeles. he was becoming a really good piece in L.A. Yeah. All right, Alexa, your Winnipeg Jets. Let's see what my Winnipeg Jets are. <laughs> 50 overall pick, 40, 37, and 7, fourth in the smite, they lost to Vancouver in six. Bobby Mack asked, do they want another European? Help on the blue line as well as goaltending. Jason Allison is who they covered the most. Um, their last three years, 1992, Sergey Bouton, 17th, Aaron Ward at 5, and then Keith Kitschak at 19. They what? just dealt Aaron Ward for Paul Yarzabark, yes. by the way. One out of three. <laughs> <laughs> This is the only time the Jets had that pick. Let's see what they take of it. Les Jets de Winnipeg sont fiers de sélectionner Mats Lindgren from Skefleftia, Swedish League. Mats Lindgren de la Suède. Ah, big strong winger, up and down two-way winger, described as a Swedish grinder. Jets did go for the European talent, but not what you call stereotypical European skill. Lindgren is not noted as a goal scorer. You see his point totals there, 0 0 0. <laughs> Lindgren did play at the World Junior Championships for the Swedish team, and he becomes more of a role player. And this is, I think, a question of the Winnipeg Jets drafting to fill a need. A Swedish grinder, you say. That's the book on him. According to Pro Scouts, he's a versatile performer, not all that flashy, projected as a defensive specialist in the National Hockey League. Mats Lindgren, chosen 15th overall by the Winnipeg Jets. Some terrific Swedish players in the history of that franchise. Why do you think Hedberg and Nilsson got I'm the ball rolling back in yeah. the... World Hockey Association days, and certainly Mats Lindgren is a far cry from style of those guys, but an awful lot of substance. He's another player who a lot of people thought might go a little bit lower than this. Mike Smith, never been one to follow anybody else's book. He's got his own agenda. He certainly does. Mats Lindgren fourth in the Swedish scouting system going to the Winnipeg Jets 15th overall forward Mats Lindgren from Sweden and Skeltita AIK 38 points in 32 games 3 and 7 at the World Juniors and another guy that's not a bit of a stretch no but not as good of a reach as Ned Marsh no he's not even in Winnipeg that long he's dealt in March of 94 with Boris Miranov, a first-round pick, hello, Jason Bonsignor, and a fourth-round pick, Adam Copeland, no, it's not Edge, unfortunately, to the Oilers for Dave Manson and a sixth-rounder, Chris Kubermanis. Hey, there's the Manson trade. <laughs> Two years at Farsa, was a point-per-game player, 97 of the World Juniors, has 12 points in 13 games with Cape Breton, and then with the Oilers, 96-97, Islanders and Canucks, 2003, 128 points in 387 games. His son, Matt, by the way, just finished his rookie season with Cantlips. Might be a top pick in the NHL draft next couple years. And Rob had him ta- them taking Anders Eriksson. Well, he was right on the Swedish part. Yeah, right? he, he got part of it right. Um, Gary Green finds Gordy Howe. This interview is wild. <laughs> He's playing in London tomorrow. 
uh, one shift, and he's just going <laughs> to sign autographs. Right. And then you heard me giving advice. Yeah, I pulled out of Denmark. Hurry to the stage. The banks close at five. <laughs> Should Gordy Howe been hired to be on the panel for this broadcast? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Following an ad for Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. <laughs> and that's an amazing ad. <laughs> I love that Ruth's Chris ad. We have Edmonton back on the stage again. Th- All right. This is the very last part of the Wayne Gretzky trade. So Gretzky, Mike Krujlinski, Marty McSorley, and $15 million were dealt to L.A. in exchange for Jimmy Carson, Marty Jelena. First in 1989, was dealt to the draft. Corey Foster to the Oilers. The Devils take Jason Miller. The 91 first-round pick, Martin Drushinsky. And, ni- and then this 93 pick. Only time the pick. Slater returns. As his introduction, I think it's in the clip. Bobby Max talking about, it looks like they will be in Edmonton and not Hamilton. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot. But that's such an Edmonton thing, fighting about the arena. Sunrise, sunset. Yeah. All right, let's see what they take. That'll bring us back to Glenn Sather and the Edmonton Oilers, who will have their second pick in the opening round. Pick number 16. Edmonton Oilers, Hamilton Oilers. Looks like it'll be the Edmonton Oilers. Owner Peter Pockin's optimistic he'll settle his differences with the Northlands board. The team will stay. Select from the Canadian Hockey League, Nick Stadjuhar. Nick Stajdahar, the big London Knight defenseman, a big mobile defenseman. Nick Stajdahar. A few picks earlier, the Toronto Maple Leafs were interested in him. New Jersey Devils were interested in him. But for one reason or another, they found somebody else they liked better. Shaking hands with his agent, Don Meehan, on the way to the stage. Played two years for the London Knights. Good size and mobility, a solid hockey sense. He handles the puck well and creates a lot of opportunities. Well, he likes to jump into the attack, and what he's going to have to learn is to be more judicious and not do it at every opportunity. He showed signs of that with the World Junior Training Camp where he was a late cut. I know your coaches in London, Gary Agnew, as well as Mike Kelly, really helped you deal with the pressure of the draft. Tell me what they did to relax you. Uh, it just kept me in the game all the time. Uh, told me not to worry about it. You can't do nothing about it. Just play your game and... What happens, happens. Did it help you? Did it settle you down? Oh, it greatly helped. Uh, Gary was talking with me every day, with me and Jason Allison. So just keep the pressure off. Just play your game. Good luck. Thanks a lot. 16th choice, second by the Edmonton Oilers in the opening round of Entry Draft 93. And there are tears. The Stadjahar family down there celebrating Nick's choice by the Edmonton Oilers. A graduate of the London Knights is a gifted offensive defenseman. Kitchener, Ontario. Nick Stadjahar. Big rangy guy. Can't play both ways. Had a bad ankle in the Ontario Hockey League playoffs, but played very well. A lot of the NHL scouts took notice. A very gritty effort by him. Because he was known as more of an offensive player, not necessarily a hard, tough defenseman. He played through some pain in the playoffs. Was able to do a good job for the Knights, and now part of the rebuilding Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers took Jason from the Oshawa Generals, seventh overall, and stayed right in the Ontario Hockey League for a London Knights graduate, Nick Stadjohar, as their second pick, 16th overall in the opening round. It has been a while since the Oilers have had picks this high. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. It's Nick car of the London Knights. 61 points in 49 games, 15 points in 12 playoff games. What does Rob Vanstone say about Stadjahar Jason, who I believe he had picked as 12th to the Toronto Maple Leafs? He did. Excellent offensive player with size. 
not overly physical or feisty. I wonder if that's going to be a problem in the future. Yeah. Hmm. Well, he had another really good year with the with the uh, London Knights. 86 and 50. This is pre-corruption days, by the way, kids. 86 points in 52 games. Two and five playoff games. Five and seven at the World Juniors. Goes to Cape Breton. 38 points in 54 games rookie season in the AHL. He then gets sucker punched in the back of the head in the Sydney Nova Scotia nightclub. Concussions delays the start of next season. Pretty much curtails. It plays a handful of games, 95-96, and that's basically it for him. I, and I'd never heard that story. I just found out about reading the Ever Acker Wikipedia. Yeah. Hmm. There is some stuff about attitude issues, but I think at the same time, if you're concussed, you're probably still screwed up heavily oh, from yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm getting sucker punched, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. 17th overall pick. We get to the Washington Capitals once again. Uh, Bobby Mack is reckoning here as a forward. Jesper Madsen or Jason Allison. Our pal Dave is... Dave? <laughs> is back. He's going to talk to Doug Riseborough of the Calgary Flames. Bobby Mack mentions that Benedict Peterson is gone as is out of Denmark. So what's going on here? Bobby Mack thinking there's something involving Joe Newendike. The trade's being talked about because they're talking. They can't hear what's happening in the trade. Because Kenzie goes, why are they going up on a station to pick they made a trade? The trade itself, Craig Berube is being dealt for a fifth-round pick for Daryl LaFrench. And you'll hear later why this happens. So, 17th overall pick is the Washington Capitals. They had to pick once before, 1984, some guy named Kevin Hatcher. That worked out okay. Not a bad pick. Let's see what happens this time around. Ladies and gentlemen, the Washington Capitals are very pleased to select from London, Jason Allison. London, Jason Allison. Well, they're not flipping the picks, but perhaps the Washington Capitals are going to stay right up there and make another pick. Unless all that talk was for naught. Jason Allison, a big, rangy center. Some people think he might be playing a little bit out of position. Not unlike Dave Andrichuk, when he was a junior with the Oshawa Generals, Jason Allison could be a better winger than he is a center. In any case, he's got a lot of the same attributes as Andrichuk. Great size, great strength. Skating needs a little bit of work. Very savvy around that net. a second-year player for London Knights. He was their first pick in the Ontario Hockey League midget draft a couple of years ago. He's got great size. Six foot three, 192 pounds, and it's going to be like a broken record, but he's going to be well over 200 pounds, a very big man in the National Hockey League. Small players can thrive and survive. Doug Gilmore proved that, but NHL truly is a big man's game in many respects, and there's ample proof of it putting on a Washington Capitol jersey right now. Jason Allison from the London Knights, second player chosen by the Washington Capitals in the opening round. about. Now that's what we've got to find out is the Calgary Flames are supposed to be picking with the 18th pick. We've got Jim Van Horn on the case down there near the Calgary Flames table or is he at the Capitals table? Jason Allison, 118 points in the OHL last season. Pretty impressive numbers. Another London Knight and Jason Allison, 118 points in 66 games, 20 points in 12 games. He might be out of position like Dave Vanderchuk, a better winger than a center. Which mm. is 
strange because yeah. he played center his whole career, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I don't think he ever played on the wing. The next year in the OA, Allison went off. 142 points in 56 games, 9 points in 7 games in the World Juniors. Uh, he also had 15 points by playoff games, OHL and CHL MVP. Because of the lockout, he returns to London and has 36 points in 15 games in the Ontario Hockey League. That seems okay. He had 15 points at the World Juniors in 95. Goes to the A, 9-7 games, 11-7 games in the playoffs, 3-12 for the um, Capitals. 95-96 in the A once again, 69 points, 57 games. Finally gets to the Capitals, 22 points, 53 games. Then is dealt to Boston on March 1st. 97 with Anson Carter, Jim Carey, a third in 97, Lee Gorn, and conditional 98, which becomes the second used on Bobby Allen for Adam Oates, Bill Ramford, and Rick Toggett. It's the 98 Capitals Cup team being built, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Jason Allison was, had like one of the most dominant world juniors ever. Yeah, 15 and 7 at the 95 yeah. world juniors. Like people talk about, I, like, I have no memory of that tournament. I mean, 36 yeah. points in 15 games in the O. I want to see some of that footage. Yeah. Before the, I, 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 Jason Allison's a guy I remember getting traded. <laughs> uh, played with the Bruins, Kings, and Leafs 2006. Tried to come back in 09, but ended up retiring. 485 points in 552 games. Not a bad pick at 17. No. Again, injury shortened. No, and Washington did well on both of their picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had those pick again at 17 and 95. Brad Church, 96. Yaroslav Sikowski. Stat of our friend's favorite prospect in Manhattan. <laughs> Uh, 02, Boyd Gordon, and 2012, Phil Heilman favorite, Tom Wilson. Hi, Phil. <laughs> All right, so we get to the Calgary Flames, who have not traded the 18th or 17th overall pick, much to Bobby Mack's chagrin. It's like, have they? Is Washington going to pick twice? <laughs> no. <laughs> They're way too excited about that trade. That's like, like, this is not the NBA draft. <laughs> the trade that... It was like, okay, what's going on here? This makes no sense. Anyway. And they just fly off into the wildest theories, too. Yes. Joe Joe Dewey does that? It's like, come on, guys, settle down. Is it a pick swap? No. So the Flames, second in the smite, 43, 30, and 11. They lost to the Kings in six games. Bob thinks they've held off taking Jesper Matson, and that's who the Flames are going to pick as part of the trade. They need more skills in old spots, frontline depth, and sound and goal. Their last three first-rounders. Six overall, 92, Corey Stillman, 19, 91, Nick Sunblad, 11 for nineteen ninety. Trevor Kidd. Only time they've had this pick. They congratulate the Hall of Fame guys, and let's see who they take. First of all, I'd like to congratulate the Hall of Fame inductees, Billy Smith, Steve Shutt, and our own Guy Lapointe. The Calgary Flames are proud to select from Malmo, Sweden, Vesper Matson. He's a feisty right winger who loves to score goals, Jesper Matson. Well, you look at his stats and he had nine goals in 40 odd games and you're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, I thought you said he was a goal scorer. You have to remember that this guy played in the Swedish Elite League for Malmo team in the south of Sweden. Did not play for the Swedish World Junior Championship team, which a lot of people say, well, why not? Is he not good enough to make it? Fact of the matter is, he was too valuable to his own team. They were playing in the Europa Cup in Dusseldorf, and as a result, did not join the Swedish National Junior team because his club needed him too much. But he's very much a goal scorer. He wants to be a goal scorer. He's got that drive and thirst to score goals. And they say it even rubs some of his teammates the wrong way sometimes because he's so intent on getting out there and getting a goal. A lot of people in Sweden 
the stereotype anyways is that a player would rather pass than shoot. Jesper Madsen is the opposite. He would rather shoot and score than pass the puck. sure that the future considerations for the Washington Capitals laying off Jesper Matson will not be significant. I'll be surprised if it's a player, but you never know. More than likely a draft pick. Jesper Matson from Malmo. 18th overall, the selection of the Calgary Flames. It's a good pick for the Calgary Flames there. This was the number three ranked player in Sweden. Only Kenny Janssen and Nicholas Sundstrom right yeah. ahead of him. for a team that needs some help. Yes, for Madsen. 18 points in 40 games for Malmo. Wait a minute. I thought you said he scored goals. Well, he's in the Sweden's men's league. And he didn't play at the World Juniors because they're playing in the Europa Cup in Dusseldorf. Thought you remember some tournaments. John Wells then makes a horrifying statement. Everyone should come away from an NHL player from this draft. Well, John, guess what? <laughs> mm. Yeah, awkward. Uh, nine points in 40 games, 15 and 36. Six and seven, the World Juniors, 95. Then plays three, uh, two and a half years of St. John. 96 points, 174 games. And he goes back to Sweden. He was compared to Hack and Lube. Yeah. By yeah, Doug Riseborough. Yeah, that's going to be one of the worst. I was seasons. like, okay. And Riseborough was like, oh, that's what we got. And we were worried they were going to take him. Like, oh, maybe you should have taken Jason Allison. Maybe yeah. we would have ruined him. I don't know. Maybe they should have taken who Rob had them taking. Ashley Buckberger. <laughs> Buckberger? I'm like, really? Was he that high? Like, I, I mean, I don't know when 93 Broncos that well. Take yes. Jason. <laughs> take all the guys who were 100-point scorers out here, you cowards. Yeah. Well, For another father of a future SJ legend, Boston Buckberger. Well, you didn't play the SJ. We'll get to him. Yes. <laughs> More, let's remember some guys that didn't stay in our province. <laughs> well, the Leafs are back. <laughs> What, what a transition. <laughs> ah, the Leafs. <laughs> There's a bunch of guys mentioned. It's the only time I've ever had an NCAA overall pick. Erickson, LeConf, Bertuzzi, Wilson, Max Betts. We'll see who they take. From the Dubuque Fighting Saints, the United States Hockey League, Landon Wilson. Landon Wilson. There he is. Look at his jacket on. Wilson. Big, strong, tough winger, Pat Burns kind of hockey player, one of the toughest players available in the draft. Grew up in Prince Albert. His dad was the coach, the Prince Albert Raiders, assistant coach to Terry Simpson when he was there. A former Los Angeles King. Well, he went to, Landon Wilson went to Southern California. He's got to be a good athlete, and here's why. Kid from Prince Albert goes and becomes the starting quarterback on his high school football team in Southern California. PA all the way to be a quarterback in Southern California. I think that the, uh, the Californians might have a slight edge in that particular sport down there. Your dad, Dallas assistant coach and former pro. I'm wondering what kind of an influence that's had on your development as a player. Well, my mom and dad, you know, they, they're a great influence towards my hockey and they help me with everything I do. They're a great influence. Back to play in the U.S., there's been some rumors that you might come and play in the Western Hockey League next season. Yeah, well, I'm keeping that option open, you know. Portland Winterhawks has my rights, and right now I'm kind of leaning towards the uh, University of North Dakota, but things happen. Enjoy, enjoy the day. Thank you very much. 
Brandon Wilson chosen 19th overall by the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Leafs' second pick in the opening round, and he's coming up to try the sweater on for size. Played in the United States Hockey League for the Dubuque Fighting Saints. Great story there about his mom who's looking on. She went to see him play a game in St. Paul on a Sunday night. Hadn't seen him play all year long, so he's coming in with Dubuque. Ten seconds into the game, somebody takes a poke at him, and on the way to the penalty box, that player again takes another poke at him. So he goes tearing into the penalty box after the guy, beats the tar out of him, gets kicked out of the game. Ten seconds in, his parents are going to see him play for the first time that season. After the game is over, you know what he's most afraid of? He's afraid to come out of the dressing room. He doesn't want to see his mother. He doesn't mother. want to see his mother because he knows it all sorts. He came out and his mother just roundly chewed him out. Gave him a much harder time than the guy did. Next time they went to St. Paul on a Sunday night, he lasted about 10 minutes before he got thrown out of the game. They say he's the last guy in the United States Hockey League to fight with any regularity since Paul Holmgren played there. So a big, tough guy that doesn't mind dropping the gloves but plays a real strong, prototypical power-type NHL game. That made a bit of a journey to watch those hockey games, too. Landon Wilson, strong, rugged, a forward with physical style. He has good size at 6'2", 200 pounds. 29 goals, 36 assists in the company of Bill Waters as he heads back to the leaf table now. USHL content in the 90s. D Landon Wilson, 65 points in 43 games to Duke, only 284 penalty minutes. Good Prince Albert kid. <laughs> Let's discuss this. Yes. He was born in St. Louis, the family moved all over. He, I mean, he kind of was in PA for a bit, but he's over in California during the most of his development. But... If it's like anything in Saskatchewan, you will take credit for him. <laughs> Much like James Schwartz being born in Melford, and then them taking credit after they moved. Melford's own James Schwartz. Sorry, it pisses me off. So he's been in California's 89. He goes to play in Dubuque. Paul Romanek's interviewing him. I uh, heard you might be looking towards going to play with a Portland Winterhawks. Well, I'm leaning towards North Dakota, but things happen. Things happen! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever summed up <laughs> the corruption process better, better than just saying things happen. Things happen. Hmm. I also enjoyed his mom's shit talking after getting ejected from games. He went to go see him play in yes. person. Uh, also gets popped to Paul Holmgren, which is very interesting. Yeah, that's a very weird comparison. Alexa, you're the oldest man, Drew. Do you remember yeah. Paul Holmgren? No, I don't. <laughs> I remember him coaching the Hartford Whalers. I was going to say, that's how I remember him as a coach. But yeah. um, He spends the next two years with the Fighting Sioux. 33 points in 35 games, 231 points in 31 games, 5.7 games in states and 95 World Juniors. His rights are dealt in the aforementioned Wendell Clark, Matt Sundin trade. Clark, Sylvain Lefebvre, and a first, Jeff Keatley. For Sundin, Butcher Warner, the 10th overall pick, becomes Lone Bumgarner. Plays in the Avs, Bruins, Jotes, Penn's legend, and the Stars. Just kind of up and down, 119 points, 375 games. Yeah, he was always a role player. Mm -hmm. He never became the power forward everyone thought he was going to be, but... It doesn't sound like. It sounds like that's about what you would expect when I when you read what was written about him pre-draft. Mm -hmm. Like, a a good grinder yeah. fourth line is. Uh, but do you take that in the first? Well, yeah, and uh, ninety. I mean, not now. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're Brian Burke and Tyler Biggs becomes available. But they but on uh, on the uh, TV broadcast they talk him up so much. Oh, he's not a leaf, you see. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Pick 20, Vancouver. 46, 29, and 9. First in this five, lost to the Kings in six in the second round. Their last three first round picks Libor Polask, Penn's legend Alex Stoyanov, <laughs> and Peter Nedved, who's a free agent apparently. 
Bob McKenzie's talking about, oh, they like their mountains of men in Vancouver. <laughs> Mentioned Todd Bertuzzi here. Well, he'll come eventually. Um, they need a big center of someone who can score. Let's see what Pat Quinn decides. The tendency to think of the Vancouver Canucks as a young hockey team, but it's a team that is getting a little bit older with some of the deals they've made in recent times. And Peter Nedved is a free agent. Vancouver Canucks are proud to select from the Canadian Hockey League, Mike Wilson. They talked about adding size, and they've done that with the Sudbury Wolves. Sudbury Wolves are going to have a big day here. A lot of players to be drafted, and here's the first of them. And this guy is very, very, very big boy. Six foot five, 190 pounds. Went through a touch, had a bout of mononucleosis this year. Lost 10 to 15, almost 20 pounds at one point in the season. Came back late. That certainly affected his development. Pat Quinn like size, and he got it there with Wilson. Mike, you played a lot of the season with older, more experienced defensemen in Sudbury. I'm wondering how much you think that helped your development and helped your standing in the draft. Um, the older guys on the team uh, helped the young guys out a lot. Uh, coached on through the year, helped us through rough spots. Uh, Kept us going during tough games, kept, kept us up. Do you ever feel as though you get missed in Sudbury because you're sort of off the beaten scouting track? A uh, little bit. I don't know, not too many scouts make it up there, but if you can't play on the road, you can't play, so they watch you on the road, and that's where it counts. Congratulations. Thanks a lot. Mike Wilson from the Sudbury Wolves, taken 20th overall by the Vancouver Canucks. Mike Wilson played 1992 season with Sudbury. Six goals, 13 points in 53 games. General Manager Sam McMaster of the Sudbury Wolves says he's got must have the longest arms, shoulder to cuff of anybody being drafted today. 39 inches. A 39 inch. That's a pretty good wingspan. You can see right there. Look at the look at the size of the pipes on that guy. A big big boy for the Vancouver Canucks from Brampton, Ontario. Quinn, who was a fairly tall NHLer in his day, and we saw Esposito up there that gives you a little idea. bit earlier, and it just gives you an idea of the changing complexion of the National Hockey League today. That is not a big center or someone who can score. It's Sudbury Wolves defensive Mike Wilson, 13 points, 53 games, 2-14. and 14. Bobby Mack, look at the size of the pipes on that guy. <laughs> He talk about how long his arms are. Like, not how big, like, not how big his biceps are. Just, I've never seen anyone talk about how long a guy's arms are. Look at his reach. He could punch a guy across the room. <laughs> Wolf had 26 points in 60 games, 4 and 9 playoff games in 93-94, 47 and 64, 9 and 18 in 94-95. He has dealt in the summer of 95, at 95 draft level, a first-round pick, Jay McKee, to Buffalo for Alex McGillany and a fifth and 95, Todd Norman. 57 points in 336 games until 2003 in the NHL. The Sabres, Panthers, the Penguins, and the Rangers. And I don't even remember with the Penguins. Uh, and who had him? Who did Van Stone have taking him with the last pick of the first? Oh no, Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember him with Pittsburgh at all. Uh, 
Also, by, by the way, my, the description by Van Stone: long-term project, <laughs> slender, needs strength and abrasive and abrasiveness, decent mobility. Hmm. Ringing endorsements. <laughs> the fans at the Colisee are very upset. It's the Montreal Canadiens up on the board. Third in the Adams, 38, 30, and 6. Won the Cup Championship. The first one's 86, 24 overall. So what do they need, says Bob McKenzie? <laughs> Maybe Maxim Betts. He's Dowry Bryce Terminger. Someone has whispered a pick into my ear, but I'm not going to say who it is. <laughs> For the last three picks, David Wilkie, Brett Bildel, and Turner Stevenson. Here's the director of scouting, Andre Bordway. TPS, 10 and 46, signed in 7th of World Juniors. Koibu, only guy, I believe, who's not in the building. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing that he can't do except big, big, says Bobby Mack. Bobby Mack basically saying, can Saku Koibu do it on a cold, wet, windy night in Stoke? I think, I think the Habs get the best value out of any team in the draft here. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're obviously better players. Korea, Prong are obviously better players. But at but, 21. Yeah. But at 21, the Habs are getting the best value for their pick here. And... Listen to their first, the three draft picks before it. They blew, they blew those three and they <laughs> nailed this one. So, circle of life. Next two years of Finland, 53 points, 74 points. Olympics, World Juniors, World Championships. Habs from 95, two battles tonight, 832 points. Sorry, 641 points, 792 games. Finishes off with the Ducks from 09 to 14, 832 points, 1124 games. One of the most beloved players in Habs history. Phil's favorite Hab player, probably. Yeah. That's not Paul Byron. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's, my brother loves him. There's not much more you can say. After an ad for McGruff, the crime dog, <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings appear. Last season, they're 47-28-9, second in Norris. Nikolai Borshevsky ruined their hopes and dreams. It's the, it's the Red Wings choking era, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's the time where the Red Wings were seriously considering dealing Steve Eiserman because they thought he couldn't win in the playoffs. Mm. They're deep in all spots. They mentioned Jamie Allison plays for Junior Red Wings. Erickson and Bertuzzi considered. A young Kenny Holland appears before senility. Let's see what he does. The Detroit Red Wings are pleased to select from Modo, Anders Ericsson. There you go, number five speed in the first round. The unofficial world record for the NHL entry draft. Anders Ericsson, his mom and dad are here. Yet another player from Modo. Central Sweden becoming something of a hockey factory. Peter Forsberg, Marcus Nasland, Nicholas Sundstrom, Anders Ericsson. Some great 
talent coming out of there and they're doing a great job of preparing players for the National Hockey League. And things have really changed in Sweden. The players now grow up wanting to be part of the National Hockey League, knowing and reading all about it, watching the games on television. Anders Eriksson is a big defenseman, 6'3", 213 pounds. They say could be, has the potential to be as good as any defenseman in the draft. They say that might be a little chunky right now. Liking to lose a few pounds or replace a little bit of that. 6'2", 208 pounds. What's he have to be at? Too, too even? Well, it's not so much that. I think they want him to get a little more muscle than he has, get a little more muscle tone than he's got. I'm not saying that he looks like me, but he can stand to get on the weight program a little bit there. <laughs> Potential to be a franchise player, according to some, if you look a little farther down the road. Anders Ericsson taken by the Detroit Red Wings. Rated as the second best Swedish defenseman available in the draft behind Kenny Janssen, who was taken by the Maple Leafs at 12th overall. aren't in any rush to get him over. They can allow him to develop in Sweden for a while. There's no pressing need for Coach Scott Bowman, the new coach of the Detroit Red Wings. Yes, another new era begins in Detroit. It's Anders Eriksson from Moto. Two assists in 20 games. He might be chunky. I'm not saying that he looks like me is what Bob McKenzie is going at here. He has the potential to be a franchise player. We've got length, we've got guys' arms length and fat guys <laughs> now. I don't know if Eric's ever going to be a franchise player. Well, that's what Rob Vanstone calls him. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he had to go to Winnipeg at 15. Yeah. Uh, 10 points in 39 games, 939 for Moto, two really good world juniors. Goes to Adirondack for two years, makes the wings in 98, 2166 games, 500 playoff run. That is dealt late in the 98-99 season with a first-round pick in 99, Steve McCarthy, and 01, Adam Monroe, for Chris Chelios. Mm. Plays the Hawks, Panthers, Leaves, Jackets, Flames, Yotes, and Rangers in 2010. 176 points in 572 games. I mean, Saul, but the problem is your hype beam out is like... Yes. Yeah. Nick Lind. Nick Lindstrom, whoever he became. Solid journeyman career. Like, if your career lasts that long once you come over. Yeah, like, the, like in this preview, Vance was saying... Jets will need, like, they're picking, they're, he's predicting Winnipeg will take him. He's saying Jets need skilled demon if Phil Housley moves on. Like, Erickson was no Housley. I don't think anyone ever thought he was going to be, even though they are pumping his tires hard. By the way, the 22 overall pick, they've had it three times before. Reed Larson, 1976, Adam Graves, 1986, and last year, Curtis Bowen. There are other three first-round picks before this one, besides Bowen, Martin Lapointe and Keith Primo. Mm. They seem to have done okay in those two. That brings us to the Islanders. We've already talked about the Hextall Fitzpatrick trade. Bobby Mack has no idea what they're going to do. <laughs> Peterson's gone, Witt's gone, and Denmark's all gone. Gary Green talks to Michael Eisner at this point in the coverage. <laughs> Dude, hockey guy, Michael Eisner. And his kid. That was a fun interview. Uh, the Islanders were 40-37-7, third to Patrick. Curse you, David Volick. They lost to the Habs in five, thank God. <laughs> Uh, the last three years, Darius Kasparaitis, Scott Lachance, Scott Sissons at 5, 4, and 6. Three defensemen, two Shit. of which were hit pretty hard by injuries. Shout out to Scott Sissons' dad, Jim, who I got yes. to see on the weekend at the, at the Northern. They also had um, this pick in 1989 they're using today, uh, 23rd overall. They take current Vancouver coach Travis Green. 
So, let's see what Al Arbor and friends have in store. Ex-Eman to make the announcement. The Islanders are pleased to select from Guelph, Todd Bertuzzi. I shouldn't have thrown in the towel so early, you know, it just goes to figure. The New York Islanders' biggest weakness was that they were a team that wasn't very big, wasn't very strong up front. This gives like, some size, 6'3", 227. When a guy like Dale Hunter comes across and hits Pierre Turgeon after the whistle, anybody does that in the future, they're going to have to reckon with Todd Bertuzzi. Big, strong guy, the nephew of Larry Bertuzzi. The name may sound vaguely familiar. Larry Bertuzzi was the arbitrator last year who settled the Eric Lindros trade dispute between Philadelphia, the New York Rangers, and the Quebec Nordiques. Bertuzzi is a big guy who's got a lot of ability and certainly a lot of aggression, but he's got to channel it in the right direction and become very disciplined. So discipline the key perhaps to your future in the NHL, and I'm wondering how your coach in Guelph, John Lovell, has influenced you along those lines. Well, I, I uh, give a lot of thanks to my coach, John Lovell. He's uh, taught me a lot of discipline on the ice, and uh, he's helped me, out. He helped me out as a person uh, off the ice, too, to mature. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And guess who's behind the camcorder down there? Todd's mom, Mrs. Bertuzzi. I hate that about camcorders. You're watching it through the viewfinder, and you want to take your eye away to actually really watch what's happening, and then you end up with nothing at all. You've had it out at uh, the odd lacrosse game, yeah, is what exactly. you're telling me, and you haven't seen the lacrosse game. Yeah, you drop the camera when you think your kid's going to do something special. And certainly special for Todd Bertuzzi to get up there and pull up and put on the sweater. The New York Islanders, a team that dramatically requires infusion of toughness and size up front, and they've got that. It's up to Todd Bertuzzi, though, to make it all happen and put all the pieces together. The pieces are all there. They're not yet together in the full puzzle, if you will, for Bertuzzi. He's also rated as a strong skater, Bob, but I guess you'd have to look at Bertuzzi being drafted by the Islanders uh, for his strength and for his toughness. No question about that. Solid physical credentials. the National Hockey League with the New York Islanders, chosen 23rd overall. It's Todd Bertuzzi for the Guelph Storm. 58 points in 60 games, 4 and 5. Don Maloney said he'd hope to take him at 14. But instead they took my friend Brendan Witt. <laughs> at 14? No, that was no. one of the traded. Oh, That's right. one of the Quebec used to take uh, Denmark. Ah, oh, right. So, after Bob McKenzie rants about trying to use a camcorder at his kid's lacrosse game, <laughs> um, <laughs> Bertuzzi, 82 points in 61 games, 8-9 in the playoffs. The following year, 119 points, 52 games, 33 and 14 playoff games. As Gold makes league final, loses to Junior Red Wings. Like Brendan Witt, he did not go to Humboldt High School, no. but he also holds out to the night before the 95 draft, which would have been interesting if Bertuzzi had gone back in the draft after having that year in the O. Mm -hmm. 39 points, 76 games, 23 and 64, 18 and 52 Dealt to the Canucks on February 6, 1998 with Brian McCabe and a third rounder which became Yarkaroo 2 for Trevor Linden. Hmm. You got to think the Islanders regret that one. Um, two words for you, Mike Milberg. <laughs> <laughs> it, which, which, of course, begs the question, do you think Bertuzzi would have developed if he'd stayed in New York? Well, if reading the articles, no. no. Yeah. Um, they were more upset about losing McCabe. Um, he played with the Canucks, then something happened that ended his tenure in the Canucks. I heard there was a lawsuit. Mm. Very underreported. Yes. I heard there's still lawsuits. <laughs> then goes, then he has a memorable stint with the Florida Panthers. 
The Red then goes to the Wings. Ducks slams the Wings again for retiring in 2014. 770 points in 1,159 games. Pretty good pick at 23. And probably could have been better if uh, that unfortunate yeah. incident hadn't happened. Yeah, because yeah, he never was the same player no. after that. But he was solid. Like Yeah. Or for, maybe for he, had, he got picked by the Islanders and played with Mike Milbury. Well, yeah. That's... Next week on the show, Mike Milbury. If he had gone to a team that properly developed him, and if he hadn't done what he did, yeah, I'm starting to sound like him. Done what Don, don't do what Donnie don't did. Yeah. Um, his son Tag, by the way, might be an OHL for this year. Really near Hamilton for COVID. The Simon Holmstrom was taking the Islanders, who's bound for a spot in their system next season in 2019. Hey, your Blackhawks are up! Hooray! 47-25-12, first in Norris Division. Oh, look, the Blackhawks choked in the playoffs. Lost in four to St. Louis. <laughs> Tale as old as time. They might be getting long in the tube. They need scoring on the front line and goaltending depth. Burquist, Vishnevsky, Jamie Allen, and all defensive guys. Other top offensive guys on the board, Eric LeCompte and David Vaborny. Last three first-rounders, Sergei Kriva-Krasov, 12th overall, 92. Dean McCammon, 22nd, 1991. Carl Dykaus, 16th overall in 1990. They all got NHL. Yeah, that's, that's all like solid journeyman picks. The last time he held a 24th overall pick, 1969, Larry Romanich of the Flin Flon Bombers. Welcome back, Ukrainians from Flin Flon. Will they take a Flin Flon Bomber for the 93 SGHL champions? Let's find out. Haley Blackhawk, the Chicago select from the Olympic Doll. from the Hull Olympic, chosen by the Chicago Blackhawks. Had a good season with the Olympic, 33 goals, 71 points. Was ranked number 10 by the NHL Central Scouting Bureau. Some people thought he may have gone a little earlier than he has, but by the time you factor in the goaltender, the European players, probably falling where a lot of others thought he'd be. 71 points in 66 games, Bob. Question I've gotten, I guess a lot of scouts do, is exactly how many goals do you think he's going to score in the National Hockey League? You get a wide range, everything from 20 to 40. Consensus seems to be that he'd be a 25 or 30 goal man at best, but a big, strong guy that can go up and down the wing, play a good, strong two-way game, and certainly if you're going to play for Daryl Sutter, that's the kind of hockey you have to play. 6 490 pounds, does have the size to be a classic professional left winger. snapshot for all time by mom. If you wanted to be not cynical or negative, but the question you have to ask yourself is how great do you think Eric LeCompte can be if both the Montreal Canadiens and Quebec Nordiques passed on him in the first round? That's certainly not a knock on him, but it certainly gives him some inspiration. Because the Montreal Canadiens and Quebec Nordiques are not going to take a French player just for the sake of taking a French a francophone player, but they certainly like to get a francophone player whenever possible. And they decided for one reason or another there were better players available than Eric LeCompte and he'll have an ample opportunity with the Hawks to prove Montreal and Quebec wrong. Maybe they should have. It's for Eric LeCompte of the Hall Olympique. 72 points, 66 games, 8 and 10 that year's playoffs. <laughs> to which all you guys went, who is this? Yes. Yeah, I'd never heard of I, that. I was like, okay. <laughs> Uh, so he had 72 points in 66 in 20 and 20 in that year's following year, 1994. 
94, 95, and 1911 start the year. Traded to the St. Jean Lynx. Let's remember some teams. 2019. Then at 51 and 34 and 4 and 4 in the playoffs for Sherbrooke. Um, goes to the IHL of Indianapolis. It's 44 points in 79 games. Then suffers a major right knee injury, and that's basically it. He flows around to minors in Europe. He's now coaching in Quebec. And full credit to the Nordiques for not bowing to fan pressure and picking the guy and going with Deadmarsh instead. Well, yeah. It's like Stajahar again, yeah. where he... You never know what he could have been. Yeah. Um, by the way, they'd have 24th overall pick again in 2010. They tipped Kevin Hayes. After a BHS ad for Blood, Sweat, and Glory, which might be the most intense sports collection I've ever seen. I, I just got to say, I love all the VHS commercials <laughs> on this broadcast. Yes. There are so many mail-in VHS offers. And that final country music collection. Yes. Was, which was also a pretty good collection. So here come the Boston Bruins. I said I would have spent 50, I would have maxed out my credit card just to purchase. <laughs> 51, 26, and 7 for the Bruins. First in the Adams. Mayday, mayday, mayday. They lost in four to the Buffalo Sabres. Blue line depth and gold painting in their knees. Oh, come on. Blaine Locker is about to be signed from Lake State next season. Their last three first-round picks, 16 for 92, Dimitri Karvinlov, 18 for 91, Glenn Murray, 21st in 1990, Brian Smolinski. Well, they not got, bad. They got two solid. Like, yeah. Murray was a good sniper, like not a not a top sniper, but he was a good sniper. Smolinski, Penn's legend, mm-hmm. was a solid player. Karvinlov, yeah, l- Russian. <laughs> I mean, he was on the Olympic team in 92. Yeah, he he, he was okay. He played a yeah. couple seasons. Um, they've also had the 25th overall pick once before in 1974. They took Mark Howe. Spoilers, Mark Howe didn't come over. <laughs> Something called the WHA occurred. <laughs> A little thing called <laughs> corruption where he goes to play with his dad. <laughs> All right, let's see who they take. Well, they want to improve their depth on the blue line, but I'm not so sure they're going to do it with this pick. We talked this week that the Boston Bruins are to take a long shot guy, a guy that might be not on the top of everybody else's list. His name is Kevin Adams, and he's a player from Miami of Ohio. We'll soon find out. Oh, friends with the Bowman family. That would be the Scott Bowman family. Kevin Adams is a guy that didn't garner as much attention as maybe he should have this year because he played behind Brian Savage. Brian Savage at University of Miami was the Central Collegiate Hockey Association Player of the Year. As a result, Kevin Adams played second fiddle. He scored a goal this year against Ferris State that every scout still talks about. It was like a Savardian spinorama. There was a lot of scouts in attendance and they all happened to be there that night and they're still talking about one of the most brilliant goals that was scored this year by Kevin Adams. And the Boston Bruins believe they may have drafted here a clone of Adam Oates. He's an excellent skater, a good goal scorer, and has an excellent touch, and he's with Paul Rubber. A lot of people are surprised at where you've gone in this draft. How about you? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm just as surprised as everyone else. You know, I was hoping for the best and as high as I could go, and I'm really excited right now. I know that uh, one of your favorite NHL players is Alexander McGillney. You certainly are a little bit more stocky than him, but uh, are your playmaking abilities similar? Do you model yourself after the guy? Uh, I don't think I can uh, resemble Alexander McGillney in any way, but uh, you know, I love the moves that he tries to do, and at full speed, he's a, he's a phenomenal player. Good luck. Thank you very much. Kevin Adams chosen by the Boston Bruins. He's a center from Miami of Ohio. 
an MVP on the varsity baseball team, as well as his hockey skills, so he's a very gifted athlete. He was rated 40th overall by Central Scouting, so it does rank as a bit of a surprise to some here today. No question, no question about that. That goal that he scored against Ferris State in the CCHA semifinal, in attendance at that game, Mike Milbury. Mike Milbury was there to see Brian Smolinski play for Michigan Tech. Smolinski, of course, came up and joined the Bruins at the end of the season. And now Kevin Adams. Kevin with a VYN at the end of his name as opposed to IN. Goes up and puts on the sweater of the Boston Bruins. And the question the Bruins always ask themselves when they're getting ready to draft somebody, is he a Bruin? They think Kevin Adams is. Proud day for his family. His dad's a pilot with American Airlines. Young man with a great attitude, according to all reports, and team leadership capabilities. So Kevin Adams, chosen first round by the Boston Bruins, 25th overall. Saw him in the hotel the other day, shaking hands, catching up on old times with Scotty Bowman. Of course, Scotty Bowman lives in the Buffalo area as well. The Adams and the Bowmans, very close. From the Miami of Ohio Redskins, they haven't changed their name yet to the Red Hawks. That's about five years away. Kevin Adams, 32 points in 41 games as a freshman. Everyone's going to see Brian Savage, culture. And then he scores a Savardian spinneram against Ferris State, which no one has the footage of. Hmm. The scouts are keeping it close to the vest. He's apparently a clone of Adam Oates. You want to talk about well, he's a, well, <laughs> Are they basically doing the college guy comparison or what? I guess. They make it sound like... He's a playmaker? Yeah. Well, yeah, and he was but he was a good grinder. He has a good college career. He has 47 and 36, 49 and 38, 47 and 36, 7 and 7 and for World Juniors. The Bruins don't sign him for whatever reason. But they make it sound on the broadcast like they picked him because of that goal. Yeah, because it was a surprising kind of pick. I know you're always looking for a talking point. But but, <laughs> but, please. but you don't have the footage of it. Yes. Um so he goes to the IHL with Grand Rapids, 47-82, signs with the Leafs that summer, plays with the Leafs, Blue Jackets, Panthers, Canes, Yotes, and Hawks until 2008, 136 points in 540 games, is currently trying to handle rebuilding the Buffalo Sabres. Is currently yeah. handling the Eichel situation. <laughs> so, I mean, it's an okay pick, but yes. at 25? Uh, Harry Sinden. Harry Sinden, my goodness, this interview. He dunks on Central Scout and says, ah, who knows in these drafts. 25th overall pick used to be a third rounder. <laughs> <laughs> what an endorsement! <laughs> and also says, once a Bruin, always a Bruin. Mm. We will sign this guy. <laughs> Full respect to him for just being honest. Like, just blatantly honest about what he thinks. Just doesn't, well, he didn't give a crap either. <laughs> there are other 25th overall picks in 2009, Jordan Caron, then in 2014, David Pasternak. They nailed that one! <laughs> I, I think I've heard of him. All right, the final pick of the first round, your main event of the evening. The Pittsburgh Penguins. Ooh. 56-21-7. First to Patrick. Something happened in the playoffs that year. Uh, don't remember anything. I don't think anyone remembers. Kevin Stevens certainly doesn't. Whoever they pick, John Wall says, won't crack the lineup quickly. What is he getting at? Is there depth in the Pittsburgh organization? Um, there might be going to Europe, says Bob. Defensive depth forward with grit and character. Well, I don't think in Europe. Maybe they'll take Ashley Buckberg. We'll find out. Um, the last three first row overall first round picks we've done pretty good. Martin Straka, 19. Marcus Naslin, 16. Don't ask what happened afterwards. And fifth overall, some guy named Yarmer Yager. Not a bad run. Yeah. This is what happens when you have your first round picks. Yeah. Well, this is what happens when half the teams don't scout Europe. Like, <laughs> there are a bunch of 
organizations at this time that really weren't invested in and taking a good look at European players. Depends. This is the third time they've had a 26 overall pick. Michel Briere, who passed away after his rookie season in 1969. Only one of two numbers retired by the Penguins. Lemieux and... Okay, Yager's number is kind of retired. But since Yager will be playing another 30 years, yeah. it won't be retired. They'll have to retire at Posters. And then in 1987, we took Rick Tabaracci. Now that's culture. <laughs> who will join that extraordinary <laughs> group? Let's find out. Pittsburgh Penguins select from Lexington, Sweden, Stefan Berquist. Stefan Berquist. Berquist is rated as a strong skater with a solid shot. Extra good on special teams, showing some physical skills. Stefan Berquist chosen as the sixth Swede in the opening round. Well, they're talking about Berquist, like, very strong guy. John Ferguson says he thinks he's the strongest player available in the draft this year. Can bench press 300 pounds. And certainly Shell Samuelson getting a little long in the tooth. And I'm sure they're projecting that a big guy like Stefan Berquist will step into the lineup and take over from Big Shell one day. Maybe even be the centerpiece of that Pittsburgh defense. Also includes Ulf Samuelson, another Swede. Stefan Berkwist started to play for the national junior team in Sweden at age 15. 6'3", 218 pounds. He has size and terrific ability. So the Pittsburgh Penguins have rounded out the opening round by choosing the sixth player from Sweden. 1993 NHL entry draft, and that fits rather well on Stefan Berquist. It's our Shell Samuelson replacement. Holy mackerel. Lex and Stefan Berquist, no points in 15 games. Basically, he's a strong-ass guy is what I'm getting at from this interview. Yeah. But they, they comped him to every defenseman on the team, both of the Samuelsons. <laughs> Are he an Ulf or a Shell, please? Which is weird, because... They're two completely different styles. <laughs> yeah. like, one is a headhunter, and the other is like it's not all Your traditional stay-at-home defenseman. So Berkowitz plays seven, I guess seven points, fourteen games with the U twenty team the following season. Then ends up on the London Knights. Hmm. I don't know if it's corrupt. It's mid nineties. Twenty sixty four games, four games with London, seven games next year with the Penguins. Uh, was in the IHL for three years with the Cleveland Lumberjacks, culture. 20 points in 165 games, then it goes to Europe. What a pick. Yeah. Well, three out of four, hey? <laughs> I mean, with the 26th overall pick, he, you know, it's, it's like Harry Sinden said. It's the second pick of the third round. So. Well, there is some guys that are on the board, which you'll hear later on, you could have taken. So the rest of the coverage, we, well, first of all, you need to hear this incredible commercial, ladies and gentlemen. Driving drunk is not only dangerous, but it's stupid as well. And everyone who does it is a potential killer. I'm Jim Pack of the Pittsburgh Penguins. There is no excuse for drunk driving. Take a cab or have a friend drive you home. Driving while intoxicated is a criminal act. If you're stopped, you will lose your license. Of course, you might also kill someone. The Pennsylvania State Police, your local police, and Mothers Against Drunk Driving all urge you to buckle up, drive at 55, and don't ever drink and drive. Bet you didn't expect Jim Payne to be making an appearance on this broadcast. You have not been hanging around the office to hear the loving speaking of Jim Payne. We got interviews all over the place. Those have been advertised, Crystal Pepsi. 
Gary Batman, Bob Goodenow, Dave, Agents Don Meehan, Michael Barnett, Serge Jabbar shows up. There are scenes all over the place here. Diggs wants to buy a Nissan. Good. What was the thing you noted with the good now and Batman stuff? They're talking about the labor situation. Yes, that, I, I what a great like, relationship yes. they have. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy man, man. You man, can tell a, this is Gary Batman's first year on the job because everyone is so optimistic. They have not met Gary Batman. <laughs> Which is, but you can see shades of it in the interview yeah. he does. Yeah. Because he gets really defensive. When, so I think it's Romanak who's doing the interview. I think it's Van Horn, actually. Yeah. Or is it Van Horn? Yeah. Whoever's doing the interview really starts to push him on a few things. And you can tell he gets a little annoyed. Yeah, and he, and he doesn't push back on it. He just ignores it. Yeah, because <laughs> you can tell all he wants to talk about is the draft and how happy I don't want to talk about Bob Goodenow and I having lunch and me punching him in the face. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what made him think he could bring up the officials negotiating a new contract yeah. and not get asked about it. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> That's oh yeah, like that's something his PR rep should have had a chat with him about. Like, if you don't want to talk about this, don't tell people about it. Don't tell a reporter about it while you're doing an interview. I'm amazed at in-depth agent interviews, by the way. Yeah, things would not have yes. happened now in this broadcast. Yeah, and future Yotes general manager Mike Barnett. That's uh, true. <laughs> who is also is he representing the officials or is that Mian who is also representing the officials? Mian, I think. Yeah. It is Mian. Which is Bar- Bar- Barnett represents Gretzky. Right. Which is yeah, Paul Korea comp. Right. <laughs> it's all happening. It was yeah. There was there were some really weird interviews. I thought they were weird. Like not because of the not because there was anything wrong with the TSN guys. It was just the choices. Yeah. Oh, as this is happening, round two is going on. Alexa is yelling at his screen. I want to see where Langenberger gets picked. <laughs> I don't know why I picked Jamie Langenberger. Uh, some of the more notable picks you guys can check in as we go along here. Anaheim in round five took goaltender Mihaly Shatlikov, 92 Olympic goaltender. Hey. Round Boston, round two from Lake State, 94 Matt Alvey. Sean Bates in round four. And round eight, Sean Gill, or Hal Gill, excuse me. Leafs legend. Buffalo's, Buffalo's first pick at 38 is defenseman Dennis Trianov. In round nine, take Barry Moore, Sudbury Wolves alumni. And current Predators director of player development, Scott Nickel, in round 11. Mm-hmm. Calgary takes Jamie Allison in round two. Round three, Dan Tompkins goes from Wisconsin to 95 World Junior Team to be a point-per-game guy with Seattle in 1996. That's a <laughs> <laughs> You love to see it. Marty Murray in round four. Monsters with Brandon with him with Minot head coach Ian Allen in Sioux Falls. Daryl LaFrance, who mentioned earlier that one trade, three good years in Oshawa. Round six, Thrasher's legend and current Kitchener Rangers assistant Andreas Carlson. Round 10, German Titov. Ten's legend, German Titov. Round two, Chicago takes Eric Manlow, most Kitchener of the 95 Detroit Junior Red Wings. Round three, member of the Blazers Mem Cup teams, later Kelowna head coach, now Calgary assistant Ryan Huska. Round four, some guy named Eric Daze. Who apparently was pretty decent. <laughs> yes, the, the one that they really scored on. Good news, Alexan. Jamie Langenberger is taken in round two by the Peterborough Peets from, according to Bob McKenzie, or from Dallas Stars, according to Bob McKenzie, he's from a Minnesota high school. <laughs> he ends up on Peterborough next year, roll corruption, 91 points, 62 games. Also taken Chad Lang to 93, Peterborough Peets round cup goalie, and around 10, Bill Lang, your captain of the 94 North Face Centennials. Uh, the Wings take in round five, Sassoon Blades, Zep Minder, and Atlanta Thrasher superstar, Norm Miracle, Jason. My favorite blade of all time. He should have gone higher. I'll say it right now. 1-1? One, one. <laughs> Let's not get First goal, Jacob. 
He was. He had an amazing year. His. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I remember like, Miracle. Uh, now the the blades at that time were a defensive first club. Like they didn't have a time. And this is right ninety two ninety four to two years they take Blazers to seven, release three yeah. one deficits and then die and yeah. can't lose in both of them. But it wasn't like it wasn't him. I mean they that Blades team had trouble scoring goals, so they won because they had good defense yeah. and they had a good goalie. Uh, Edmonton Oilers in round two. Dick David Vaborny, who'd been mentioned as a first round guy, Columbus legend. Mirosov's to Tan in round five, and Jeff Norton's brother Brad in round nine. Panthers in round two, Kevin Weeks. Chris Armstrong, the Bouchard Warriors in round three. Round four, Detroit Junior Red Wings 95 star Bill McCauley, who doesn't sign with the Panthers, and the third round pick by Boston after the 95 season. Uh, eventual Devils intern coach Alan Nasruddin, <laughs> and Brian Thompson at the 93 Super Bowl in round eight. Round two, the Hartford Whalers take a guy who has not scored this year in on Kolzig between the legs, Merrick Malik. <laughs> round four, Jeremy Roenick's brother Trevor, who went to Maine. Round five, current Colorado Avalanche assistant Nolan Pratt. And in round eight, world junior hero that year, Manny Legacy. There was another really good goalie. But he, he didn't get as much of a shot. Well, Miracle didn't get much of a shot in the NHL. But Legacy, besides the Detroit, mm-hmm. who's who I remember him with. Who else did he even play? The... Jersey, maybe? Jer- uh, no. Wild? No, he, that's he, Manny Fernandez. He Columbus? Got, he got a shot with He's currently Columbus's goalie coach. Yeah. Uh, the Kings take Shane Toporoski with their first pick at 42 from the Raiders, brother of WHL penalty minutes hero Carey. Um, Bob Wren, the junior production line, fourth round pick in 1992. Oh, fourth round pick this year. Joining Kevin Brown, fourth round pick in 92. Bob Wren, by the way, still playing in fourth division Germany. <laughs> Full credit to him. Also for the junior wings, four. Now Jeff- he's on the senior production line <laughs> in Germany. Uh, round three forward Jeff Mitchell. Round five goaltender Jason Saul. Round nine, 04 Pens legend Martin Sturback. Let's remember some deep cut pens. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and defenseman Kimo Tiemann in round ten was dealt to the Preds with ninety eight games of Jan Vopat, so that Gary Galley wasn't picked in the expansion draft. That was a bad decision. <laughs> Montreal round two All Star Game MVP Rory Fitzpatrick. Don't let the liberal media tell you otherwise. <laughs> uh, round three, Sebastian Borlo, uh, current forward development coach of the Preds, Father Thomas, who's a San Jose prospect. J.F. Hull, Rajon's kid in round four, who's now Laval's head coach for Los Angeles assistant with Bakersfield. Uh, Prince Albert Raider, Jeff Lank in round five. Oh, he didn't sign. He gets picked by Philadelphia in the ninth round in 1995. Sixth round pick, Darcy Tucker. Mm. The Candles Blazers for that season went from 13 points to 89. The My Blazers, goodness. you say. <laughs> and that, then and those Blazers. Yeah. And then round eight, defenseman Alan Latang, Cornwall, Newmark, and Sarnia. What a trio. Current head coach for the Sarnia Sting. Yeah. New Jersey, they did okay in this draft. Yes. Jay Pandolfo, round two. Round two, Brendan Morrison. Round three, Christoph Oliwal. Round six, not the doctor, but forward Steve Brule. <laughs> One for the kids. And around 11, some guy who scored an interesting goal once upon a time for the Michigan Wolverines, Mike Legg. Yes, the guy yes. who scored the Michigan. And Rob had Pandolfo going in the first to Boston. Yeah, yeah he did. Which would, have been, which would have been a better pick than the actual pick. And he's a Boston did. guy. Like yeah. yeah, Boston University. Yeah. That's a good pick. Like, yeah. I, if he could have got Pandolfo in the first. Yeah. Um, we mentioned Todd Bertuzzi. Round two, Brian McCabe. 
mm. who was dealt from Redson Hat to Spokane during that season, was on the Wheat Kings team in 95. Round five, Tommy Sallow. Uh, round six, Peter Laboutier. Red Deer penalty minutes for days I have is my notes. Uh, round six, uh, picked by the Ducks in 95. And Darren Van Amp in round seven. Uh, the Rangers, they took a guy, Sergei Olpimov, in round four, who played Ottawa and Kitchener, and then in 1995-96, 20 points in 28 games for the Minot Top Guns in the SJHL. Mm. But Minot Top Guns content. Thank you. <laughs> uh, in round seven, also, besides the Greyhound and Gary Roach, round five, Todd Marchant was the seventh round pick. He was dealt to Edmonton's 94 deadline for Craig McTavish. Hmm. So for some reason, the Ottawa Senators think they should take a lot of Victoriaville guys after drafting a guy from Victoriaville. They think Bevel's Radon Bisnack at number two. Goal round three, goaltender Patrick Charbonneau. Forward Cosmo Dupal at round four. Though in round nine, they nail, nail it. Pavel Dimitra. <laughs> they must have watched... They, uh, they probably watched a lot of Victoriaville games, but um, I don't know why teams do that. Like, is there some sort of strategy? You can't tell me that, that it just so happened that all the best players available at that position in the draft were from mm-hmm. Victoriaville. Like, that had to be a decision they made. I guess but hey, Demetra worked out. Like yeah. that was a heck of a pick. I guess you're talking about the Flyers, Jason. Uh, round two at 36, they took Yanni Ninema. Vinny Prospel round three. And around six pick was Mike Crowley, who had stupid numbers to measure the Golden Govers on defense. It's time for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Dominic Pitts of uh, Lethbridge in round two. 119, 127 points and becomes assistant with Stockton recently. Dave Roach, 90, uh, 93 peats, 100 points, 114, 95 Spitfires. Wild director of pro scouting defense and Chris Keller. Patrick Lalime, as the announcers called in the newscast after the draft. Turns out Salim in round six. Leonid Torpachenko at round ten. Uh, his son, Alexei, played with the Bell Storm, is now St. Louis Blues prospect. All right, here we go, Alexei. Get that comp report yes. ready. Here is time for Ashley Buckberger, second round pick by the Quebec Nordiques. He was on the 93 Broncos, 95 Blazers. His, son, his twin sons, Boston and Braxton. Boston's off to play at Brooks, committed to Wisconsin. Brackett's off to the new team in Black Falls. Rob Vanstone had Bradbury going where, ladies and gentlemen? Pick 18. To the Calgary Flames. What do yeah. you say about Ashley Buckberger? Marketable despite disappointing season. <laughs> Another ringing endorsement. <laughs> then Calgary watched him closely. From Esther Hazy, which I did not know. I did not know Esther Hazy. Um, the other two notable picks, David Ling, who had an incredible year in 95 with the Kings of Frontenacs round 7. And Mark Pivots, the events in round 10 from the Saskatoon Titans. Yes, the SD team, the Saskatoon Titans. The Kindersley Clippers? Uh, he went to play in North Dakota. Round 2, San Jose Sharks take Sean Donovan. Uh, now the Velvet Coast descent, his son Joran. Uh, Jordan, a blue liner with the Hamilton Bulldogs, will be starting the OHL this year, allegedly. Uh, Billy Pelton in round three. Johnny Adoya's brother, Freddie, who played New York Golf in Ottawa. Todd Holt, Theo's cousins on the 92 Broncos. Unfortunately, uh, Graham James did shit with him. But, thankfully, kind of a redemption story for him because his son, Kalen, got to go to Broncos camp and then, you know him well, one of the best players in yeah. this past decade in Estimate. Yeah. Detroit's goalie coach Jeff Salico in round 10, and then this is amazing. Jamie Matthews in round 11 was a second round pick by the Hawks in 91, had 90 point years of Sudbury in 1994, and just disappears. <laughs> the JW Wright of this entry draft. <laughs> Sorry, that's an inside joke. Uh, St. Louis. Remember when they're saying Max of Bet should be a first round pick? Yep. First pick taken 37th by the uh, St. Louis Blues. 
who gets dealt in 93-94 to the Anaheim Ducks for Alexei Kastanov and plays a three game. That's basically it. Uh, they take Jamie Rivers, a defenseman in 1994, at 121 points for um, Jamal Mayers, round four pick. And Mike Greer in round nine, who never played because it's right to 95, in the Mike Keenery team for Cujo. That's a pretty good draft for St. Louis, considering they didn't have their first. Some solid and he can score on Greer as a late one, too. Shockingly, Tampa also uh, going with the, let's take the guy who was from the same team, taking goaltender Tyler Moss from the Kings of Toronto. He'll do be fair, Moss was a top goal in the 0 in 95. Yeah. Uh, Alan Elgland was a third-round pick, back back 100-point season with Tacoma. Ryan Brown was a 92-member cup team and a 93, or Seattle 93, Swift Current. His son, Caden, first-round pick by Prince George this past season, one of the guys who has yet to play in the WHL who might be eligible for a key of the year after the pandemic uh-huh. season. Also, Kylie Hill, 93 Greyhounds. Shockingly, the Leafs did not hit on their picks. They did take Zendik Nedved, though. <laughs> who had 100 points, 90 points with Sudbury. Vancouver took Rick Gerard of Swift Current in round two. He had 31 and 45. Uh, then had 141 points in 92-93 with Swift mm. Current. Current uh, Arizona Coyotes Director of Player Personnel, Scott Walker. We have two guys with SJ content. Defenseman Troy Kerr of the Notre Dame Hounds goes to St. Louis, and Sean Towery, a forward who spent series for S-Fan and was taken as a freshman out of Lake State. And Burt Robertson, defenseman's son, signed with the third round pick by St. Louis this past year. Washington. Frank Bannum, round six. Saskatoon Blades. Saskatoon Blade content. 152. Who was the legit score? I know I just trashed the team for not... Well, it was a couple years later. He had 152 points in 95-96 games, but didn't sign with Washington with signs of free agent by the Ducks. Uh, in round seven, the two solitudes, Darby Hendrickson's brother, Dan Hendrickson, who ended up in Minnesota Golden Gophers, Andrew Burnett, 162 points to lead the OHL in scoring that year, falls to the seventh round. Hmm. You know, <laughs> might have been a better pick than frickin' heavy, tall-ass Swede guy. <laughs> Current Florida assistant. And then uh, Winnipeg, Scott Lankow from Portland, goaltender Damon's brother, whose son Beckett, backup goalie in Medhat. Larry Corville was a round, fifth round pick, didn't sign, was a third round pick of Vancouver 95 because of a crazier guy in Oshawa. Adrian Murray, captain of 1996 teams. And then forward Russell Houston, who was a 19th Broncos, dealt to the Pats next year and then decided to destroy the U of A and just have monster years. He may have been too good for Canada West. <laughs> may have been. We didn't get the final thoughts of everybody else. So, stupid question after this marathon of a podcast. Would you recommend watching the 93 NHL draft? Michael Lexon. Um, hmm. <laughs> it's not exactly the Dick Stockton game. <laughs> but, yeah, sort of. In ter- I mean, it's not... It, there's no crazy trades. There's no... Well, Pronger. But it's not... But, uh, there's no crazy trades. If you're really into Bob McKenzie comps, <laughs> watch this draft. The, the, the really the reason is for the retro commercials. Like that's yes. why you want to watch this. The retro commercials, the hair, the way the draft is done coverage too is completely it's different. Completely different. I like that way though. I like it too. Like I really prefer they move along at a pretty good pace. Yeah. The interviews are because really it was quick. done like with commercials. I think altogether before we get to the hour where nothing happens. Yeah. Two hours, maybe? Yeah. Two and a half? No, two and a little over a half hour. They it drag was... it on, like, the current draft format, they drag it on way too long. And it's not even getting into the small I mean, granted, a little bit different because it's the last two years, but as opposed to 19 hours a second day of the draft. Yeah, like, 
And they and they did more rounds in '93. Twelve, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Than they do now. Of course, obviously there's fewer teams, but. Yeah. I know. If you like nostalgic, if you're hungry for for, for some nostalgia, then take a look back. It's really it's really interesting and sad, <laughs> mostly sad. To hear some of the comparisons and then talk about certain guys like they're just so so hyped about them like Sajahar. Well, I was gonna say like Ralph Intronovo. <laughs> like, hey, that man won me a mem cup. <laughs> there's you Snag- made a mistake. Sajahar is a good example. Pat um, Peak. Pat Peak is a good example. Even other guys like Rob Niedermeyer, who was so like everyone was so high on him and just never materialized. It's kind of sad to look back and and think like about, of of the top five. Two hits, Pronger and Korea. Yeah. Like, overall complete hits. Yeah. If, if I was... Re- and then probably Arnett at seven. Yeah. yeah. If I was redrafting the draft, it would probably be Pronger and Korea top two. Koivu probably top three. Arnett. Arnett would be higher, yeah. Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi would, five? Yeah, Bertuzzi would be higher, yeah. Then you're looking at Janssen and... Lang and Brunner, who we, I mean, well, even you're looking at some of those guys like uh, Laline would be a lot. So Laline, Laline, he would be. A, he would be what, a lot. what do you? What what flavor do you have in your seven? Oh, Den- well, Denmark end up maybe Denmark would have been a top ten guy. Yeah, Denmark would have been higher. Lang and Brunner would yeah. have been higher. Yeah, the guys who would have fallen. I mean, this shows you just how much hockey's changed. We talked about this. I can't see um, some of these defense. To be fair, Stadjar might have been like. If this had been now, Stadler would have been a definite top 10 because of what you're looking for. Well, I was thinking more like Witt. Like, there's no way he's a first-round pick. Landon Wilson? Yeah. Yeah, Landon Wilson's not. Even Mike Wilson, I don't think, is a first-round pick. Like, Well, and it's change of the game, too. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned, like, we mentioned, like, Rob had it. Pandolfo. I don't know if Daze would have been a first-round pick, but if you read, like, Kirk. He went top, top of the second, maybe? Yeah. Satan, I'm just looking through your Satan. Demetra would have been a lot higher, like yeah. my first time. Darcy pick. Tucker, Morrison. Um, it says here one one Norm Miracle and Frank Bannum, according to my producer. <laughs> McCabe, Salo. I mean, Marshawn would have gone higher than a seventh. You mentioned Lean Prosper, Nino. Nino is probably a first rounder if you do this I'd, again. I'd, yeah, he's probably a mid late first rounder. Yeah. Zednik Nedved one one. But yeah, like <laughs> for me, it's interesting because like. 92, 93, that's the Greyhounds Bam Cup year, right? So, yeah. I like, I remember Pronger being a little bit, like, just vaguely for that stuff, and Dag, obviously. But to see some of that stuff would be pretty cool. Like, I'm hoping that some more 92, 93 stuff starts floating out, like the Mem Cup. Because I kind of kind of want to see, like, Dag games, because it's on TSN. Yeah, I've never actually seen, a, uh, like, non-NHL footage of Dag. Everything no. I've ever seen of his. I've is... seen a little bit of Pronger. Korea, I know there's the 93 National Championship only around the Olympics and that kind of thing. But Let's release the goal tape. <laughs> yeah, I want to see the Kevin Adams goal. Re- release the Kevin Adams goal tape. I, uh, next week, on, during my vacation, what would you do? I called Miami University office. Hey. It was apparently in a tournament, too, though, which doesn't make any sense. Because apparently they were all scouting Brian Holtzinger. Let's remember some guys. Yeah. The CCHA is back, though. Well, gentlemen, thanks for joining me on this Sunday evening. This one went longer than I expected. But this is going to be a definite monolith podcast either way because of the clips that are involved. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thanks for uh, keeping the trauma to a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain parts 
there's certain parts of the 92, 93 season I didn't want to remember, so. <laughs> Thank you for not traumatizing Jason further. What an endorsement. I'm going to say, none of us had good, like, we at least won a playoff round. His Jets go out in the yeah. first round, sunrise, sunset. Yes. Chicago chokes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And they choke that, on, that, like, the, the goal that knocks him out of the playoffs yeah. is one of, like, the yeah. Oh, yeah. most controversial <laughs> goals of all time. The overtime winner yes. already Belfer is, like, knocked down behind the net, yeah. Uh, didn't you fire Keenan partway into that season, too? Yeah. Well, I think he got fired after. I think he yeah. was around for the playoffs. Was he? No, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Or, or what? No, Sutter's already there as coach, so yeah. I don't no, think... He? No, he... Because Keenan fired himself and made himself general manager. And then left. And then left. For the Rangers. For the Rangers. <laughs> and won a Stanley Cup. <laughs> and then won a Stanley Cup. <laughs> and then left for the Blues. <laughs> and didn't win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> but, did, but did give up. That Eisenman overtime goal. <laughs> Tenure of the Blues summed the Sears Coat Tree. Keenan's team summed up like Gretzky's play. Had it. Lost it. <laughs> if you want to hear Alexa and Jason's other appearances on the show, you can. Just go to Bankscape, Bankscape Podcast. Guess what? Bankscape Podcast is back. <laughs> go to search Les Rivers of Sports on iTunes and uh, Spotify and go to anchor.fm slash lucas-mancari. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again soon. From the 1993 NHL Entry Draft, we continue live from the Coliseum in Quebec City. And let's go once around the floor down there and join Paul Romanak for his uh, thoughts on what's transpired so far today. Paul? All right, thanks, John. I'm just standing down by the Ottawa table where it all started, uh, what, about three and a half hours ago now. It's going to go on for at least another six hours or so, people are speculating. Left with a couple of impressions. And number one, the thing that strikes me is just what an incredible event this has become. What you're seeing more than anything else, not the start of NHL careers, you do see that, but you see hundreds of young men with a chance to literally live out a lifelong dream. Most of these kids have been working at this since they just learned how to skate. The other thing, a really touching moment, talk to a young Ontario Hockey League player who is here, has absolutely no hope of getting drafted. He knows that, but he just wanted to come here and be a part of it with all his friends. Here's Gary. Well, Paul, I'll tell you what, I have been amazed at this draft once again because these kids just seem to be getting bigger and bigger. So hockey's obviously alive and well in the world. And I'll tell you what, I've had a lot of youngsters around here today that I know they want to be on that podium someday hearing their name called. In fact, I've got Kevin with me here, and I think about 2003, Kevin's going to be a first-round draft pick, maybe just like his brother. Wonder who that might be. Well, I'll tell you what, it, uh, as Paul mentioned, it started three and a half hours ago. And what has surprised me most uh, about uh, this year's draft is the lack of surprises. Everything has really unfolded as uh, as it should. Uh, the top six players went in the top six players. There were there was a lot of talk prior to the start of the draft that there could be a lot of teams trading up or attempting to trade up. And sure, there was a lot of talk, but very little movement. A very routine 1993 entry draft. Uh, all in all, uh, a good afternoon. Back to you, John. Jim, the dreams are just beginning for a lot of uh, players and parents, and I guess that's one thing that you come away from uh, an entry draft like this with, with a memory of, hey. is, is how much fun the parents actually have watching their kids and how emotional it can be. Well, there's no question about that, but I'll tell you what, the dreams begin too for the Ottawa Senators. They did last year when they took Alexa Yashin, but to take Alexander Day, a francophone potential superstar who can appeal to both marketplaces in Ottawa, Hall, Ontario, Quebec, is great. But I'll tell you what, Jim Van Horn also hit on it. What didn't happen here today was almost as big of a story what happened. Dave Manson did not get traded. Felix Potvin did not get traded. Joe Neuendijk did not get traded. But I'll tell you what, even though today marks the unofficial last day of the hockey season, 
stay close because all those deals are still pending and lots of stuff can happen over this longest of summers. All right, Bob, thank you very much. Enjoyable as always watching the events unfold up here with Bob McKenzie. We'll send you down for a final goodbye now to Jim Van Hall. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you all for joining us for our live coverage of TSN's uh, 93 NHL entry draft. For the people that you saw on camera and for the entire crew behind the scenes, they've worked hard to bring you the pictures from Quebec City. For all of us, I'm Jim Van Horn. Enjoy the weekend. The 93 NHL entry draft has been brought to you by Molson Canadian Ice. Welcome to the Ice Age.